Yeah, Nystrom. Nystrom's really getting some good right hands in. Gillies is down with Sandstrom. Somebody better help Sandstrom. Everyone must be held accountable for their actions. You cannot see your star carried out in a stretcher and do nothing about it. Oh, my. Did Mick plant one on C-Card? Wow. You can't put a bounty on a man's head. I just did. The spinning, spinning, who's he going to go after? The puck drops and Bob Gartner goes right to King Plattenberg. But just a minute, Al Arbor has won four Stanley Cups, so don't start telling Al Arbor what to do, you and John Davison. This is Coliseum Chronicles The Penalty Box, your source for Islanders Enforcer Talk. I'm your host, Joe Lazito, and welcome to episode 113, part 2 of my chat with Ross Olson. I'd just like to take this time to thank everybody who provided some feedback on part 1, and um, I think the coolest thing about doing this show is obviously getting positive feedback, but... When you get positive feedback from family members of the guest, then I think you know you've done something right. You've done it right because um, obviously they would know the guest the best. And for them to take time to uh, to write you just a quick note saying that uh, you were spot on and, and it was really good, I mean, it just makes you feel awesome. So um, so that happened with this interview with uh, with Ross with part one, and hopefully uh, part two is just as good as that, which with Ross, of course, it will be. So um, if you're on social media, please scroll down to the episode description of this very episode, and on there you will find links to the show's Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram accounts. And uh, like I always say, if you follow the show, uh, friend request, whatever, I will do the same in kind. Also, what you'll find there is a link to Islanders A to Z, and that is a children's book that has been illustrated by local Long Island artist Joe Marisich, the artist who created the logo for this very show. So please consider uh, clicking on that link, checking out the book, and ordering it. I have one in my collection. You don't need a child to enjoy this book. The illustrations are absolutely amazing couple of other shows I would like to tell you about. Uh, I'm going to tell you about my other show, Nordique's Knuckles Podcast, but um, I think the news surrounding that, and I'll, I'll do an episode on that show, is uh, I think I'm pulling the plug on it. Um, it was, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, it was something I tried, and um, in the beginning it was, uh, it was a lot of fun, and now it just seems like... Um, I'm just hitting wall after wall, and to be honest with you, uh, I I love the Nordiques, not as much as the Islanders, but I love the Nordiques, and I love uh, a lot of their players, and um, I think it's time to pull the plug before um, I no longer get enjoyment out of the team or those players. Um, I don't want to have any sort of negative connotation or negative feelings about the team or any particular players. Uh, I'd like to remember them just the, the way that I do now. And I, I can't even say it's been aggravating. It's just, I'm sort of apathetic to it at this point. So um, 
I will have a an episode coming out soon, because more so to thank the people who uh, who did appear on the show. I, I really appreciated it. And those interviews were awesome. Um, but it, it appears that uh, it appears that that show is uh, is going to be uh, dead and buried very shortly. But while it's still there, please go back and listen to the back episodes because guys like uh, Dave Marcinician and Ivan Matulik. Kenny McRae, Trevor Steinberg, they were uh, gracious enough to give me a lot of time and uh, they provided some great stories and uh, I'm very happy that I at least gave it a try, but you know, uh, sometimes things just don't work out and, uh, and this is one of those. So, uh, but I, I would encourage you to at least go check out those, those episodes with those guys because they were awesome. Uh, the fourth line voice podcast with my buddy, Darren in Saskatoon, the outskirts of Saskatoon, proud member of the hockey podcast network and his latest episode was episode 301 my god i can't even imagine doing 301 episodes i i, I won't i mean it's not <laughs> it's not that i can't imagine it it just won't it won't happen um and uh that was released yesterday on sunday uh and it was the sunday shit show and the topics were uh, content thieves which uh was very interesting, a very interesting thing. And uh, if you're not a content creator, you may not get it. But if you are and you put any sort of time into your product, then you absolutely will understand. Of course, the feature that I love, my week on the internet, always fun to hear Darren's interactions with some of the people out there. And it's funny, it's almost like a routine now between him and the uh, Red Wings fans uh, from yesteryear. But I don't want to give too much away. Definitely go check that out. Um, also, Darren has a YouTube channel, the Fourth Line Voice YouTube channel. And honestly, if you've ever watched a hockey fight on YouTube, chances are it's the Fourth Line Voice YouTube channel. So uh, if you're not already a subscriber, definitely subscribe to that uh, YouTube channel. There we go. Easy for me to say. And the big news in the hockey fight podcasting world is the addition of the five for fighting podcast to the hockey podcast network, uh, big things happening for Alec. Uh, I think he said it or, or Darren said it, uh, you know, it wasn't that long ago where Alec had packed it in. He'd had enough of battling the East coast hockey league and flow sports. And now big things happening for the kid. And I'm really, really happy for him. Um, he's got a, a deal with the hit club hockey for merchandise, uh, now he's part of the Hockey Podcast Network. That is awesome. So uh, so big congratulations, Alec. I'm really proud of you. I'm really happy for you that uh, they added you to the network. And uh, I wish you all the best. And uh, just keep putting out great content. So, uh, so congratulations on that. Uh, his latest episode was the Clash of the Coast Breakdown with John from the Hockey Fight League. And um, and, and just keep an eye on the Five for Fighting podcast because I think uh, he's thinking about branching out a little bit, maybe uh, expanding uh, into uh, a, a more of an East Coast Hockey League show. Not in any way getting rid of the, uh, the fighting aspect, but um, maybe something that would appeal more to East Coast Hockey League fans without losing his core fan base, which I think is which I think is very exciting and and I don't think it's something that's very easy. So so I give him a ton of credit that he's trying to uh, to build a broader audience. But you know, good for him and uh, and best of luck, Alec. Uh, I am a game used collector. 
I love game-used items, hockey stuff from uh, Islanders and Nordiques, and really anyone that fights, but more specifically from those two teams. So, um, so if you have anything that you're thinking about getting rid of, especially related to those two teams and their affiliates, um, you know, shoot me a message uh, either on uh, social media or if we're friends and we have each other's phone numbers, just shoot me a text, give me a call, whatever. Um, yeah, it's, it's just uh, it's a passion of mine, and I think right now I'm one stick shy of 150, which is a far cry from the high that I had uh, in the early 2000s when I collected anyone who fought, and I had over 600 sticks. But uh, life happens, and some of that had to be liquidated, so I'm trying to rebuild now. And uh, I think last count I had 149 sticks. So, um, you know, just let me know and uh, and maybe we can work something out. I do want to say something before we get to part two of the Ross Olson show, Ross Olson podcast. Uh, as you heard in part one and as you'll hear in part two, uh, Ross and I are on the same page as far as uh, old time hockey. Uh, Ross gets that from his father. And, uh, and as I said in the interview, I'm sure his dad and I would get along famously. And, um, but one of the things that I find very unfortunate is the way the game is going now, uh, not just with the on the ice product, but now, um, recently there have been two coaching changes in the league and, and it's, it's just like, I don't know what to say anymore. So, Daryl Sutter got fired by Calgary, and this was after they fired their GM, Brad Tree Living. So you kind of figured, well, they're gonna they got rid of Tree Living, so they'll keep Sutter. And now nothing's saying that a new GM isn't going to want to have his own coach in there. That's usually what happens. Um, but the, Don Maloney had a press conference, and he basically he basically laid it out and said he doesn't want it to give the appearance that the inmates are running the asylum. And then he basically listed off a bunch of things that will give you that exact impression. The inmates are running the asylum. And then a report later came out that uh, once Daryl Sutter got fired, several Flame players rescinded their trade requests. Okay, so it's obvious the players weren't happy there. Uh, recently, Gerard Gallant, a couple days ago, was fired by the Rangers. And, you know, like, I, I think the, the new age players and the way that they need to be coddled and the way that they need to be fluffed up and that they can't be yelled at and they can't be held accountable. Um, I, I don't like the direction this game is going at all. Uh, and, you know, and I'm not saying that a coach should be allowed to be abusive, but I do think that, um, you know, you could say it's tough love in a way. Um, but again, I'm not in the locker room, but it just, like in Calgary where you had multiple players request a trade, like is this is this sort of like mutiny on the bounty here where you're all going to go to Don Maloney and say, well, if, if Daryl comes back, we're not. And then um, here in New York with Gallant, like, and, and listen, I've said this, I said this last year, I think that uh, Barry Trotz not being the coach of the Islanders anymore has a lot to do with Matt Barzell. And I know people think I'm an asshole for saying that, but I that's what I think, and nothing will change my mind. I think the fact that these soft players have so much say now in coaching 
it's not going to end well. You're going to have these organizations that have two, three, four head coaches on the payroll because every coach you fire, you have to hire a new one. And I think in Calgary's case, I think Daryl Sutter has two years left on his contract. So it's incredible. And and, and you think about uh, Winnipeg, they got ousted in the first round. And Rick Bonus in the uh, after the game, he just laid into his players. And I'm one of those who thinks what happens in the room should stay in the room. But my gut tells me that everything Rick Bonus laid out there has been said ad nauseum in the locker room to those players. And what I saw there was a was a coach that was so frustrated that his message was not being received to the players. And what was one of his biggest complaints? No pushback. No pushback. It, it just, it, the, there's this common theme across the league now where the players are just soft. And it, it used to just be their style of play on the ice. And now it obviously is extending into the locker room where if you don't have a, a, a coach that coddles them and and gives them their binkies and all this other stuff well well we're going to complain and then you're going to get fired and i i i just i i think that's so sad like think about the great coaches of the past and you wonder how many of them would we have would hockey history have if the players were like this 20 30 40 years ago 50 years ago would we have these historic coaches if they hurt someone's feelings i i just don't get it you know the the average person that works a job doesn't have that option if their boss is an asshole or if they think their boss is mean well you have the option to try to find another job uh, you know it's it just doesn't make sense to me it it's really sad actually it it just to me it's it's further deteriorating the game that I was raised on and the game that I love. And it, it just, I, I actually am sitting here right now and I can't believe that John Tortorella still has a job. And I love John Tortorella. I hope that, uh, I hope that he keeps his job for a long time because the way the league's going now, I mean, you're going to have a head coach, an assistant coach, and then a social worker on the bench. And every time a player gets yelled at by the coach, then he can go sit by the social worker and the social worker can rub his head and tell him that everything's going to be okay. Um, I, I think it's, I, I think it's so fucking sad, but anyway, that's just my two cents on this uh, situation that's developing with the uh, coaches in hockey. And uh, it, it, to me, like I said, it's just another part of this disturbing trend, this downward spiral of the game. And again, I mean, if you're the NHL, you're looking at it where the game has never been more profitable. Um, so, and, and the NHL has always been really good at alienating their core fans anyway. So they're, they don't care about someone like myself. They're worried about the guy in Idaho that thinks that, um, Austin Matthews has sick chirps when he looks at the back of a guy's jersey pretending he doesn't know who he is. So that's that's what the NHL is worried about, not someone like myself. They've always been at the forefront of alienating their core fans. Um, so this is just more more of the same. And it's going to trickle down to the minors and it's going to trickle down to juniors. And, 
you know, it just, to me, is Gerard Gallant mean because they get players like Tarasenko and Patrick Kane, and you have a um, Nars Trophy defenseman in Adam Fox and a Vezina Trophy goalie in Chesterkin. And is it really Gerard Gallant's job to motivate these grown men who've won championships and trophies to not to, to show up for a game seven against New Jersey? Are you kidding me? And then if he's pissed after the game, that's that's on Gerard Gallant because this team that did with the astronomical payroll and all these rings and these trophies, they can't get motivated for a game seven against an alleged rival? Are you fucking kidding me? Oh, well. Well, anyway, there you go. That's my two cents. Um, you guys are here to listen to part two of Ross Olson. And uh, Ross, again, was a great guest. And, and this part is uh, 99% of his pro career. We touched slightly on it at the end of part one. But if you're here because you liked him in Worcester or um, or Orlando this year, this is the episode that, uh, that you'll want to listen to. So um, that's about it for me, everybody. You people out there, enjoy part two with my man, Ross Olson. All right, so now I want to talk about Turks for a second. Now you yep. you played you played USHL physical game, played college pretty dirty game. Turk has to be the first guy that you was you were a teammate with where he had that mentality. He had like the Tony Twist mentality where he's there. He's he just he's focused. You know, hitting the heavy bag. Like you say, you oh. wanted to teach him some things. Didn't really care. He's a hundred percent focused on his job. And yep. that had to be the first guy that you really were a teammate with that had that mentality. Yeah, I mean, like you were talking about hitting the heavy bag. This guy yeah. would be instead of so we would uh, we would skate in the morning like pregame skate. He would come off and do 20 minutes of heavy bag work with his boxing gloves. Mm-hmm. And I remember I would go in and I would be rolling out or whatever it is, stretching before I would jump in the shower. And he's he's in there getting an absolute workout in, mm-hmm. um, whether it's with the weights or with um, on the bike. Like, he was an absolute freak in nature. Like, yeah. probably the most in-shape guy that I've ever played with. Yeah, he's scary. He is, and he's, he's one of shape. the... And he's one of the nicest guys too. Yep. Off the ice, like I saw him when he was in Adirondack. He ended up making the trip to Orlando. Yeah. And I was talking to him after the game, and like, he's the nicest guy of all time. Um, how were his DJ skills though? It was a lot of uh, a lot of French, a lot of French stuff. Yeah, I don't so, think I, it's not my cup of tea. No, like he he's probably good up in up in Quebec. But, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. I know he we we uh, had him at a bar actually one time mm-hmm. and he was DJing and I don't think many people liked it like I liked it because of Turks so I wasn't gonna yeah. tell him I didn't like it exactly. I beat the shit out of him. <laughs> yeah. No, this is awesome. Yeah. But he, it was all he, he was he was the best. Like he was actually my roommate my my first full year. So my first full years of uh, in Worcester mm-hmm. it was me, him, Drew Callen. Yep. And he would be in, in his room like being a doing dj stuff and yep. like we're like dude shut up <laughs> shut up Did, and he's uh, like what yeah and he, had, he would have the he would have the headphones on like you yeah and he'd be like what yeah. <laughs> we're like shut the hell up did uh did you ever see him snap on the ice that someone really piss him off where you saw him lose his shit where you're like oh god um uh, yeah 
Yeah. Melin- yeah, he chased down Melindy one game. Yeah. He went from our, our, like, where he was supposed to be, like, top of the circle yeah. in our zone, and he chased Melindy all the way down the other end. Mm-hmm. And, luck- and, like, they didn't fight, but, like, he chased him. Like, he had his gloves off by the red line. Is that right? And all of a sudden, you just see the linesman chasing him. I'm like, I'm on the bench, and I'm like, <laughs> like, what the, what the hell's going on here? Yeah. But, yeah, that was, that was crazy. Now, for someone like you where that is a, is a part of your game, was it sort of, not a comfort, but it was good to know that you didn't have to go after the heavyweights yeah. on the team because you could kind of go for the secondary guy. Like, obviously, if something goes down, yeah. you're going to jump in. But if, if, he, if there is a super heavyweight on the other side, yeah. you Turk know the, he's Turk's guy. Yeah. And then, I mean, you got to thank you also Mike Cornell, who yep. he's the second toughest. Yep. Mm-hmm. He might, he would go toe-to-toe, I think, with Turks, to be honest. Oh, absolutely. I think so. Yeah. Absolutely. Like, so I wasn't even the second toughest on the team. And then, so, like, it, then there's, like, like me, Connor Doherty. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, there was guys like that. Like, Kyle Thomas, uh, my, my rookie year, like, he was, he was a nail gun, too, so, like, Honestly, it was a pretty tough team, but it was so nice having a guy like Turks and Corny on the team. Yeah, where you we weren't the I wasn't the guy. Right. Well, the reason why I brought up Turks more than Corny was because he's a defenseman. Right. So he's gotta he's gotta be more selective in a way. Right. You know. Yep. So 100%. as far as the forwards go, if shit's going sideways and there's like a maniac on the other side, you know, okay, chances are Turk's gonna get this guy. Yeah, Turk is jumping the boards and yeah. he's gonna go out next. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh speaking of Corny, uh he mentioned to me that he remembered that was your first practice with Worcester the day after the rookie party? Yeah. <laughs> it was so, awesome. So tell me about that. So I'm going in into the Worcester Ice Center. So it was normal rink for me. Like, that's where I played college games. Mm-hmm. And all these guys are coming in hungover. <laughs> they got their glasses on. And I'm pumped. I'm yeah. like, this is awesome. Like, I'm finally, get, I'm finally getting the chance. So, like, let's make everything. And all of a sudden, I'm just, like, just minding my own business in the corner, blah, blah, blah. And and we get off practice. And I'm, we're going through practice. And I look, and there's this guy, Barnes. Yes, he meant he didn't tell me what, but he said mention Tyler Barnes. Oh my gosh, he's Tyler Barnes is in the back of the line, continuing to be in the back of the line. He has a hoodie like this on, <laughs> and his glasses on. Like, he has like your like like glasses like you. Yeah, yeah. On and I like I'm like finishing, boom, shoot it, stop at the net, go to the corner, and he looks at me, goes, "Go ahead." <laughs> he didn't do a thing in practice. I was like, this is awesome. This is absolutely insane. I was like, no way. Uh-huh. And and I found and I didn't find out until like halfway through practice that it was the first practice after rookie party. Mm-hmm. So for me, I'm like, this is perfect. I look way better than I actually am. I'm going to be able to fool the, the coaches. And you know what? It worked. Yeah. <laughs> but um, it was hilarious. And Go ahead. And, uh, and, and like Corny was like the first guy I talked to after practice and as you know, like one of the nicest guys. Yeah. And the thing I like about Corny, obviously I like when he fights, mm-hmm. but when he lines a guy up, I mean, oh. his, it, he hits like a train and it, it's unfortunate that people that only follow the NHL have no idea that, that they should go and like YouTube this guy's hits because yes. he just, like, he murders. Cronwall. It's like yeah. a Cronwall hit. 
It's unbelievable. It's unreal. Mm. And then you get up. He's it, honestly like I don't want to say it's like me, but like on the ice, like our f- switches flip. Yeah. And then off the ice, like pretty nice, like really nice guy. Yeah, that that generally seems to be how it goes. The physical yeah. guys are are the nicer guys, the classier guys. I mean, that's been my experience all these years, yeah. so it's no surprise there. But yeah, he's he's amazing, and and that's like I say I most guys I think I'd rather see fight. I think. I'd rather see him just line a guy up and just take the life out of him. Yeah. So because like a forward so with his head, a forward with his head down. Oh my God, that would coming be coming up the left wing. Yeah. See ya. Oh, the hair standing up on the back of my neck now. <laughs> so you mentioned your debut. Yeah. Uh, you were an assist shy of the Gordy Howe hat trick and uh, playing Norfolk. Mm-hmm. Do you re- let's start with the goal? Do you remember your first pro goal? I do. Tell me about it. It was uh, Tommy Kelly. Tommy Kelly went to BU, mass guy. Um, it was like a two-on-two, and he was dry. He had the puck, so I assumed that I would cut behind him because mm-hmm. he was ahead of me. So he went in, dropped it, split the two guys, so gave me a little space, and I went uh, low blocker um, and scored. And I think it made it like a 6-2 or a six, two game, 6-3 six, game, so – wasn't a big goal, but hey, it was a goal. You had to be thinking, I could do this. This is easy. Yeah, exactly. I was like, is it, is it this easy? I can do this every game. No. I'll be in the NHL next week. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'll, I'll be up in Bridgeport and then and then in the island in no time. Like everyone, everyone's saying this is hard. What are we talking about? Uh, you you uh, ended up uh, meeting up with Daniel Maggio. Yeah. I think you got a major, and, and I think you met up with him again, but you didn't get a major this second. Tell me about uh, picking on Daniel Maggio. So... I had no idea. I didn't check the stat pack. Had no idea who this guy was. Yeah. And so, Matty Gaudreau, I was playing with him. I was like the 10th forward, so I was going through lines. And mm-hmm. this one time I was with uh, with Gaudreau. And he he was behind the net, and Maggio went up and cross-checked him. Mm-hmm. So, me being me, I was just like, hey. like Went up to him and was like, what the fuck's that all about? And he's like, we're going. I'm like, what? his gloves were off before i even said what yeah so luckily i had him he was on the glass so i was able to kind of keep him on the glass a little bit Mm. and really like so he couldn't like really cock back yeah so that saved me a little bit like i held my own like we and then the refs came in we were tied up yeah refs came in and then later in the game after i'd scored my first goal yeah um he was he tried to line me up. I was left wing. He was trying to line me up. Mm-hmm. And I like kind of counter hit him and he was not happy. So yeah. I counter hit him, went went for the puck, counter hit him, had like a two on one mm-hmm. and then had a chance in the net. And then there's, I think it was like 11 seconds left to be honest. I don't know why I remember this, mm-hmm. but like 11 seconds, give or take. And he, all of a sudden I'm on the ground. He comes in with the hardest cross check of all time. <laughs> right to my back and he just starts punching me i'm like what the fuck's going on yeah and then there was almost a goalie fight yeah there was a it was a five on five right and then it was almost six on six yep yep there there, was there wasn't he yeah there wasn't a goalie fight though luckily because uh that which which kid came in yeah in relief because uh boot heist got hurt okay so if he had um weird rule so if he had fought then he would have been kicked out 
Yeah. We would have had to dress somebody within five minutes in goalie gear. We couldn't have just pulled goalie. Yeah, yeah. Had to dress somebody in goalie gear, I guess, and put him in. Yeah. So luckily Jeez. he didn't fight. That was his first game ever, so he got his first win when I got my first. So this is the Woj Talo. That was the guy that was at Salve. Yeah, yeah. So it all came full circle. Mm-hmm. So we. Go ahead. I keep stepping on you. I'm sorry. No, you're good. Yeah. That that I got my first goal. He got his first win that night. So it's pretty cool. Two D three guys. And now you you go from the frying pan into the fire. Your second fight against uh, Boko and Mama. Another oh. pretty tough guy there. Another tough guy. So <laughs> he, I remember my buddy from Endicott was coming to the game. He's like, "You you gonna get in a fight?" And I'm like, "Yeah, sure. Like I'll try. Yeah. Like I'll see what happens." And he was like, well, there's this guy, Boko Mama. He's, he looks scary. I'm like, yeah, he does, but whatever. It is what it is. Like, we'll see. Yeah. So he snows either Wojtala or Budenheis. He snows our goalie. No one, and I'm like right there, no one on the ice is really going to do anything. So I like, I'm like, cross-check him. And he's yeah. like, what are you going to do? And before he could say that, anything, yeah. I had my gloves off. I was like, I'm not letting my like, I'm not letting this guy get get to me first. Yeah. So we're like right at the net at the goal line, and I have and I, boom, I have my gloves off, and I get him like twice, and then he does something. I don't know how. My my jersey, he has my jersey like this, mm. so I can't see anything, and I'm like, oh no. <laughs> so I'm just like, I'm like putting my head down, and I'm like jabbing, and he just starts luckily to just hit my helmet. Yeah. And then the refs come in because they see my jersey over the head. Right, right. And I was like, thank God. <laughs> but then, So then after that, I started looking at the stats. Yeah, I was going to say, at what point do you start? You know. Well, now you played You played the seven games. Yep. I, I think I know the answer to this. Tell me which game is dirtier, college or pro. I think college. That's the answer everyone says. Yeah, because you have uh, you have twenty gladiators with the cages. Yeah, I'm getting slashed on the wrist every game when I play Wentworth and Suffolk. Yeah, in a small ass rink the size of this apartment. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, there's no accountability. Right. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just I that's the answer the question I ask all the college guys and and I don't think anyone has said pro yet so no. I just want to make sure. Yeah. Um. So obviously, I would think those seven games you had to make an impression with the brass in Worcester. Um, yep. So going into the next season, was your role with the team ever discussed, or was it they kind of saw what you could do and they just basically left you to your own devices? Um, I, I was when I remember when I signed uh, with Jamie Russell. He's a great guy. Like he helped. He gave me an opportunity to play pro, and like I appreciate that. Like that's all I could ask for was a chance, right? Like. If you get if you're given a chance, like I'm sick and tired of people always like, oh, I need this, need this. It's like you, if you get five minutes of ice, you better play the best damn five minutes of, of your life. Right. So like that's what I, like when I when I'm a coach, like that's what I'm. I always say is, hey, I'm going to give you the opportunity, and you better and if you want it, and if you want it, you better run with it. And, and he gave me the opportunity, and I appreciate everything that he did. And, um, and he was he was great. For, great to me but he did tell me like in the summer he's like hey like let's work on your fighting and like like you have skill like so keep working on that but like work on your skating work on like your stability while fighting and so I ended up going to a boxing gym that going into my first full year and it was just like a normal title one boxing where I was in like a class because I wasn't going to drop 200 bucks a, a session right 
I, I was going to pay 300 for the whole summer right. and get a really good workout in. And, um, and, and, and it did help, but the, the thing that it's tough, like you can box as much as you want. You can have the best quickest hands, but if you can't be stable on your, on your skates, yep. like if you, that's where you got to train, you got to almost train fighting on the ice, which is crazy. Yeah. Um, uh, but it's, it's a different beast, but mm-hmm. like you can stand on stability ball all you want, but it's not the same. So, and, and going through that, I guess, obviously you respected a guy like Turks before that, but going through that, yep. it had it just like, it. like we say, it's a different animal, like yep. going, being, being, taking that training and learning boxing and seeing what he does, it just has yep. to open up so much more respect. Oh yeah. A hundred percent. Cause this guy would, his hands were always beat up after fights and it was crazy. I, um. You know, Worcester, they'd always have the um, the sale at the end of the year where they'd sell yeah. the, the equipment. So this guy bought Turk's gloves, and he put them on eBay. And uh, I think he put them on eBay, or he put them on, like, Facebook Marketplace, and yeah. I bought them. And he's like, you're going to love it. He goes, this blood stains all on the right-handed glove. Because when he put his hand back in there after getting it beat up, there was yep. you could see the blood stains in the gloves. That's so, so funny. Yeah, so I have his DNA here. <laughs> I can make my own Turk if I want. <laughs> Are you gonna you gonna do that? I might. I don't know. My son is an engineer. Well, he's gonna be an engineer. Uh, maybe he could help me. We can make our own Turk. So he's smart. Yeah, the, both my kids are smart. I don't know where that happened, but uh, but yeah, I don't know. My, I, I'll tell you this: when we started going to colleges, doing the college tours, yeah. um, we would look, and my wife and I would look at a room that looked like something out of like a sci-fi movie and we were like what the fuck is this and my son's eyes just lit up and we were like he knows what it is we don't have to know what it is so uh, <laughs> so we're we're blessed we got two really bright kids and they're two good kids so that's awesome um, yeah so me i'll let you know how that goes if i make my own turk yeah keep me posted but i'm gonna definitely have him he's not gonna dj club music it'll definitely be no, rock so music. so he's gonna be turks but no dj he could be a DJ, but not not club music, just like rock okay. music and stuff. You know, that's fair. Good stuff. That's that is good stuff. Yeah. So, all right. So you mentioned him a few times, Drew Callen. Yeah. Uh, Worcester was great, and we'll get into McGuire later about the videos that they would put out. But you and Drew put out some really funny videos, and you could you know you can tell if whether they just said hey hey Oli and whatever come here we're gonna do this video. Or if you get two guys who are very close. And you yep. could kind of tell even in the videos that you guys were buddies. Yep. Uh, tell me about uh, – I, I don't know much about Drew. Tell me about him. Yeah, I mean, he's he came in the same time I came in. Mm-hmm. Um, right after school, he, he came from Bentley. And, uh, there's a guy at Endicott, Dan Kusarovi, that played with him at Bentley, actually. Mm-hmm. So we had a mutual friend. So when he got in, a lot of a lot of people were probably like, oh, like that's the guy I'm going against. But it, I was like, oh, like, this is the guy that – I know he's a good guy, like mm-hmm. so. I, I got to talk to him, and, and he he was a he's a quiet kid, but like once he gets out of his shell, like I think he's I think he's so funny. Like I love love being around him, and he he had an un, he had a pretty good year this year in Springfield and played there all year. And he deserves everything. Like really good player, like good centerman, wins straws, like. Uh, but a great guy in the locker room, great guy on the golf course. Like you'd love to get beers with him, type guy. So like one of those guys and I would run through an absolute brick wall for him. So 
I would recommend anyone listening to go on YouTube and check out some of the videos that Ross did with Drew. Some of them are really fucking funny. Hilarious. They're really, really good. The, the re-signing one? Yes, yes. The Step Brothers? Yes, that's, that I think is the best one. Yeah, hilarious. That's, that's absolutely the best one. Well, so. I mean, him, the two of us and Cam McGuire were three peas in a pod. Well, yeah, we were always together. So you talk, talk about the work you did with Cam. Cam seemed, and I don't know if all the teams have a guy like him. No, but, not not like him. Right, because he was so good at that stuff, and you could tell he loved it. He loved, and I say loved because he's not with the team anymore. I think he yep. moved on. He's on. Um, he's in Idaho right now. Right. Okay. And it just was like when you get someone like that who yep. loves what they do. Yeah. It, it was you guys had such great chemistry together. His videos were unbelievable. It, he's unreal. Like he comes up, he'll come up with something. Like the three of us would be in a room, and he'd be like, "All right, we need to do." We need to think of something for for you guys re-signing, right? Like that. Just let's just do that. And he's like, I have an idea about like maybe stepbrothers, and then like Cal and I would just run with it. And like we would say something, and he's like, okay, yeah, that would work. That would work. Mm-hmm. So like the three of us would just start like collaborating and just come up with something so good. Mm-hmm. But he was so hands on, and like he like you said, like he had a he had an energy that like spread through the room, like like he the best is when. He had so many. He he wore a lot of hats. Like yeah. he would wear a lot of hats when, like, just in that, any coach organization, yeah. right? So I could tell when he was all stressed out. Like usually before games, and we we would have like the tickets. So like every time he would have the tickets, and he'd come down, and uh, I'd be like, "Cam, there's not enough tickets." He's like, "Shut the fuck up!" I'm like, "No, no, we need more tickets." He's like, "Why?" I just brought down fifty. I was like. Well, I need forty for my family, so he's like, "Shut the fuck up." <laughs> he's like, "Leave, leave me alone. I, I got a busy day, all right." I'm like, "All right, man. I'm sorry." I was, I was like, "I'm just messing around with you." He's like, "Oh," but like that was like the relationship we had. And then there was another one that we, uh, I think it was me, him, Cal, and Bo Brower, okay. and Nick Pierog, actually, the five of us, and we were heating up hockey sticks, like mini hockey sticks. Um, and you'll have to go watch that one. That the one's a good one. The too. plastic mini hockey stick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. Mini- we were heating those up over the uh, over the up uh, over the stovetop. Okay. So I'll, I'll look fun. for that one. I'll definitely look for that one. So this year, your your first full year, you actually led the team with eight fights. Uh, you also led the team with three game winning goals. Uh, you're not a one trick pony. Um, did you feel like, you know, you had to go in and sort of establish yourself, uh, you know, to know that, you know, guys, Turk's not going to play every game and yes. there's going to be certain games where you're going to be the, the top tough forward out there. So did yeah. you kind of feel like you had to go in and establish yourself a little bit? Yeah. I mean, this year, like, like kind of what I talked about with, with Russell, right. Or are you saying this year or uh, the year before your first year in Worcester? Not not the seven games, the first full year. Oh no, Turks was still there. Right, but he's not going to play every game. Oh so right, right. There's going to be games where he's either hurt, suspended, or scratched. Yeah. Where you're going to end up playing more games than him. Yeah, and I ended up playing. I think 41 that year. 40? Yeah, I think, yeah, I think you had. Uh, according to me, you had 51. Oh, 51. Okay. Yeah, and I think he only played 30 something. Okay. Yeah. So because you hurt. Yeah. Yeah. Right. That. So there are going to be nights where you're the top gun at forward. Yeah. So did you almost feel like you had to sort of make a name for yourself? Yes and no. I mean, like the being in the North Division, it's completely different from being in the Central or the South or right. the Mountain. So that was a completely different beast. Like it was. It. I don't want to say there wasn't tough guys, but it was like 
guys that could play the game. Like there wasn't any guys running around like Anuber or how, you know what I mean? Like there's those, a difference. Yeah. There's, there's a definite a difference, big difference. So like you could still play the game, but you could play hard and like not have to fight every night. Right. Which was nice about being in the North. So mm-hmm. uh, like that, and that was one thing that Russell always told said was, Hey, like make sure you still play the game. Like you can play the game. And then when Conniff came in, like he said the same thing that he was like, you don't have to fight so much. Like, mm-hmm. You have skill, so use it around the net. Honestly, David Conniff was such a huge help for me um, working from the top of the circles down. Mm-hmm. And he was such a good, another great development coach that I learned so much from. And uh, and I still use like some stuff that he does nowadays um, with with uh, the guys that I work with. So I th- this is the um, – when did you become a power play specialist? With Conniff. Yeah. Yeah. The end of the year with Connie. Yeah. He kind of was like, you know what? Like, I think you could be good in front. Mm-hmm. He taught me everything I knew. Yeah. And that was kind of took it. And I took it from there. Mm-hmm. Um, so this year, the only fight that I saw of yours on video was a good scrap. It was round one against uh, Hodgson of Reading. Yeah. Uh, so that was a good fight. But you had seven more. Um, I'll draw out some names. Just if anything, if there's any good stories about them, I got uh, Giorgio Estefan from Newfoundland, uh, Verplaced Adirondack, Alexander Carrier Adirondack, Jake Hamilton, Jacksonville, Cockrell of Reading, Sean Day of Maine, and then you had the rematch with Hodgson. So the Hodgson fight, I'll, I won't forget that one because so he hit Cal mm-hmm. uh, right near our bench. Mm-hmm. And Cal had his back turned over. He he didn't have a fight. And he was talking to me recently about getting a fight. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, we'll find a guy for you. And he turned. I was on the ice with him. He turned and was like, all right, let's go. And I, like, stepped in. Yeah. I was like, you are not fighting Hodgson. He's a lefty. Like, I know that he's a lefty. I was like, I'm not going to have you fight him. Mm-hmm. So I ended up stepping in, fighting. And, like, like you said, it was a good fight. Like, he threw a couple. I threw some. And then nothing bad happened. Nothing crazy happened. But I was like... And he, I remember he was so mad at me for a cup for like the next week. He's like, I would have had him. I'm like, I was like, I can't let you fight a lefty man like that. I can't. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, so that the Estefan one was, uh, we were losing, I think four, two or five, two. And we were playing Newfoundland the next game, mm-hmm. next game. And, uh, he slashed me. And I remember the bench slash coach saying, Hey, like, let's send a message, mm-hmm. not send a message, but Hey, like, we play him tomorrow, like you know what I'm saying. Yeah. So he slashed me, and I just turned. And I turned. I was skate. I was skating this way, and he slashed me from this way. Yeah. So he had to come through me. So I just turned, had my gloves, and I hit him three times. And then the other one was the Verplast one that I remembered. Yeah. That this one was funny. We were in Adirondack. I scored a goal. Um, I was I was actually asking him to fight the whole shift. I was like, let's fight, let's fight. And I'm like, he's like, no, you're not worth it. You're a bump, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> so then I ended up scoring, and he's right behind me. Yeah. And I, like, tip it in. I turn, I see it go in, I go, and I just go, yeah, fuck you. <laughs> and he drops his gloves and starts throwing. <laughs> so, so I, I then, of course, like, I was, I'm late to the party again. Yeah. <laughs> and, I, and I had to start throwing, but. It was so funny. Like those are the ones that I those are the ones that I remember. I'm trying to I'm trying to remember the other ones. The other well, ones weren't nothing crazy. I, I remember Hamilton was like, "Hey, can you give me one?" I was like, "Yeah, sure." Yeah. 
Yeah. Because he was a D3 guy as well. Oh, okay. Yeah, you got to take care of each other out there. Yeah. You know. The, you, uh, Worcester and Adirondack played some pretty heated games. A lot of times the rivalries are geographical, and Worcester yep. and Adirondack are nowhere near each other, but for some reason. Uh, two and a half. Is that all it is? Yeah, two, maybe two. Because I'm thinking of me going to Glens Falls from here and yep. me going to Worcester from here. So it, from my geography, it doesn't seem so close because it's almost yeah. four hours here and it's almost three hours the other way. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know it was that close from one yeah, to the other. Yeah, okay. it was like two, two and a half. Oh, okay. Look, I, now you are smart. You're teaching me. Yep. A geography guy, too. There you what go. don't? Jeez. I can tell you. That wasn't even a strength of mine. <laughs> wow, you're you're a renaissance man. Okay, so then <laughs> tell me about those games. It always seemed to be pretty violent. Yeah, I mean, with Ver, Ver, Verplast and uh, Carrier, those are two tough guys. So, yeah. like, we it was always like me, Corn and, and uh, Turks that would usually get in something with Carrier. I think I fought Carrier twice, two or yeah. three times. Mm-hmm. But, like, he was another guy. Like, he was a long, long guy, like yeah. long arms, so... He was a, he was always a good fight, but um, yeah, it, it, I guess. Did you see the final two games in Adirondack this year? The place was packed. No, but I know, and I really found out about that rivalry when I had interviewed Turks. Like he said, yep. he loved playing Adirondack, and I, now he now he's there. Yeah, so. I love playing Adirondack yeah. too. But mine was honestly more because I had more points. Most most of my points were against Adirondack. Oh, they had weak goaltending. Yeah, I think so. Or why can't you just say I was a good player? I just want to see how quick you were. You kidding me? I had a good shot. Uh, just, just testing you. Uh, hey, uh, obviously we got to talk about the end of that season. The ECHL cancels the end of the season due to COVID. Yeah. Uh, I mean, obviously COVID it, it changed everything for everybody. But you were going along having a pretty good year, and then how did you find out that the season was over? We found out we were just in the uh, in the edge where like the apartments were, um, and we found out because the Canadians were freaking out. They're like, "I don't think I'm going to be able to get back in." And I'm like, "You guys are fine. Don't worry about it. This will this will blow over in a in a in a week, yeah. right? Just like everybody else." Yeah. And then we saw that NBA was canceled, and I was like, "Well, if the NBA is canceled, we're canceled." <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's when we knew, and then we had to pack up all our gear right away and just, I mean, head home. Mine was 35 minutes, luckily, but still, it was, it was crazy how it ended. Like, I mean, we luckily we weren't in play, not luckily, but we weren't in playoffs, so we weren't going on on any runs. Right, right. So, right. like for for us, like we were like, eh, end of the season, like okay, yeah, it is what it is. Mm-hmm. But, uh, and then the next year, Worcester completely opts out. A lot of the teams yeah. opted out. Um, and then, how did you end up with KC? So I was between Kansas City and South Carolina. Okay. And I knew South Carolina was a very, very strong team, and they would always have um, – sorry. That's... Can you see me still? No. Sorry. It's okay. I mean, I know what you look like. There we go. Okay. Uh, there we go. Okay. So I um, was between Kansas City and uh, Kansas City and South Carolina, and South Carolina was always stacked. And um, – Tato had was there and Corny knew Tato had. Mm-hmm. I was like, you know what, like Corny likes him, um, liked him as an assistant in Florida, so I figured I would go down there and um I, he said you'd give me opportunity and then sucked because I got down there, uh started camp and then I got hit with COVID, so I was out for ten days. Okay. So like I took a huge step back and 
the whole lineup, right? Like I was, I was playing first, second line on the first power play. Mm-hmm. And then that happened. And then everyone was able to kind of get in before me and play games. Cause I wasn't able to play any games and that kind of sucked, but it was, it is what it is. And, mm-hmm. um, but then I played, I don't even know, seven games, six games there, six games. You had six, six. games, two points, uh, two fights. Yep. yep. Uh, Jacob so, Graves. Yep. I think that I fought him three times, twice this year and once there, right? You fought him twice in, with uh, KC. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I fought him twice this year, too. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, so you guys are buddies? Yeah, we're buddies. <laughs> he plays a hard game. He's yeah. a guy that you don't want to play against, but you'd love to have on the team, I'm sure. So now how did um, – so some people – like I had COVID a couple of times. The first yep. time it kicked my ass. Second time it was like a cold. Yeah. Um, so this time in KC, when you had it, did it was it really bad? And then it, it you just couldn't get back in the lineup. No, like it actually, mm-hmm. I didn't feel bad at all. Maybe like one day. Mm-hmm. So I got a call, and they're like, "Yeah, you have COVID." I'm like, "No, I don't." I was like, "I feel good." <laughs> I'm like, "Yeah, you have COVID." I was like, "Okay, well, this sucks." Mm-hmm. So I felt fine, and then so I maybe one day I didn't feel feel that well, but mm-hmm. for the most part, like. Um, like I felt fine, but being off the ice for 10 days after training all summer for it, like right. 10 days off, off the ice is, is so long. Yeah. So then you get back on and my first game back was my first day I was cleared. So I did pregame skate, um, and then found out I was playing and played seven minutes. And I thought I, it was the hardest seven minutes of my life. Yeah. Because I was like, and, I, and and not like I was, and I was working out every day, like doing body weight stuff outside and stuff. But um, I played seven minutes, scored a goal, scored a goal, and played seven minutes, and I was absolutely exhausted. Yeah, but it was crazy how it, it didn't hit me too hard. It was more of just like staying in shape hit me hard. And then what happened that you ended up with Indy? Did you get released or I, traded? Yeah, I got, or? So I got released and then um, ended up getting picked up by Indy because Nick Pirog was there. Okay. And he spoke for me. Sorry. That's, I'm, bore, me. I'm boring Olsen yeah, here. So. Me. Yeah, what I'm boring hell? Olsen. What the hell? <laughs> what the hell? Um, and and he, uh, he spoke for me, and I ended up rooming with him. And um, I was there for two months and played seven games. So, mm-hmm. yeah. But, I mean, that was a crazy year. Like, it was basically the AHL. Well, that's that's what I wanted to ask you about that season because it was such a disjointed season. First of all, you were probably lucky to even hook on with anybody because I imagine yep. there were a ton of guys looking for jobs. Yeah, you know, and and even though you only ended up playing the thirteen games, but it had to be such a such an awkward season. It, it was so awkward because then when I got released from India, it was in March mm-hmm. time, and there's some SB teams calling. I was like. Maybe I'll go, and then I was like, well, why would I do that? Like, why don't I just go get home? Like, I played a season. Basically, it was there for a full season. Mm-hmm. So I, I ended up coming home, and um, I thought, luckily, and you know what? It was, it was a good idea for me just to come home and kind of start coaching in, my, in the summer. Yeah. Um, and I was able to make a little more money that way, too. And But it was a crazy year because, like I said, it was like all the AHL guys, like a fringe AHL guys. And the AHL guys were there, so it was it was it was hectic. Was uh, we you know you played with Seti and Indy? Was Darian Skio there in Indy too? Yep. So great you got to play guy. with him. What was uh, what was like playing with him? He's a tough guy, man. Gr- great, great guy. Yeah, 
he was a good friend of mine off the ice too. And uh, there was actually like a boxing gym in the so practice rink was attached to the uh, I was gonna say dorm but the housing like the apartments. Yeah. And there was actually a boxing gym in the uh, practice rink. Mm-hmm. So we found this out maybe like two weeks before I was leaving. Like we were there together for maybe a month, month and a half. Yeah. We didn't find out about it until two months left oh. uh, when I got released. And mm-hmm. I was like, but we would go there two, three times a week and just like, like we, there would be pads there, um, heavy bags. Like we had the keys to get in. So it was awesome. Like we were able to go in there whenever, but like he was a guy that like, go over and hang out with him. Like he's such a good guy. Like, but you didn't want want to cross him on the ice. He would beat the. He's the toughest guy I think in the coast. Yeah, he's really tough. It's it's that must have been fun having him and Seti on the team. It's you three on the same team must have been pretty fun. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> yeah. Um, now I mentioned already that you seem to be a pretty confident guy, and I yeah. saw that prior to uh, going back to Worcester, uh, you threw out the first pitch at a Bravehearts game. Yep. I know you're confident, but did you have any butterflies in there that you didn't want to like, uh, you no. know, no, I, I, you know why? why I had, I, I, I had three tall boys before I went out there and <laughs> I couldn't have been any more confident. Okay. <laughs> That'll always ease the nerves. Well, there you go. Okay. That makes I sense. Three, I had three tall boys. So I had two and then I had another in my hand uh-huh. and I'm like walking down with it. And Cam McGuire's like, what are you doing, Ross? I'm like, what? It's like, I'm having a good time. He's like, you can't bring that on the field. I'm like, can I leave it here? He's like, someone might take it. I was like, all right. And I was just like, go, go, go. He's like, Jesus. He's like, Jesus, Ross, you're, you're an absolute liability. Like joking or not. And ended up going out there, just sling it. I've thrown out a first pitch years ago. I have minor league ballpark in, in Somerset, New Jersey, and I didn't have any tall boys. So I was scared shitless. So I learned that from my uncle. My uncle was big into tall boys. He said, anytime you're nervous, yeah. uh, just have a couple of tall boys. So, Well, I didn't throw a strike, but I didn't bounce it. So that's really all I was worried about. Would you rather throw um, a bouncer or something all the way over? Like throw over his head? I think I'd rather overthrow. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, I'd rather overthrow. I did, my whole thing was I didn't worry about overthrowing. I just did not want to bounce it. I wanted to get on the mound. I tried to get on the mound and dig in, but they wouldn't let me. <laughs> You can only imagine me. I well, I can only now that I know you a little bit. Yes, I could only imagine that must have been more fun than the game. Way more fun, way more fun than the game. I was I I forgot the game was going on. I was having a blast. <laughs> All right, all right. So now we go. We're gonna start. You're back in Worcester, and you make a new friend, Chris Ortabody. Yep. Okay. So Ordo. I reached, I reached out to Chris. Now, you have a story that we talked about. Well, you didn't tell me the story that I want you to talk about, but um, he told me to ask you about the hot dogs in Trois-Rivières. Ooh! <laughs> Those are fantastic. Yeah. So, I don't even think it was – I don't think he was scratched. I think he was playing. Mm-hmm. Um, so, it was me, Rapache, and Coughlin. And – we were scratched, hurt, whatever it was. So I, uh, I was like, you know what? Like it's a Wednesday. We're not playing again until Saturday. And I was like, let's do uh, two. Let's do uh, six dogs, six beers, and three periods. Okay. So and they were dollar dogs, and the beers were like two dollars up there. So it's not like we were breaking breaking the bank. 
but it was the hardest thing of all time and it was delicious yeah like until the final uh final maybe five minutes of the of the beer it was like oh man now i'm getting full yeah but uh i i got that from the uh like at baseball games like especially at fenway like people do nine nine dogs nine beers nine innings okay so i was like you know what i'll just double it i'll do like six dogs six beers three periods but the rule was you weren't allowed to eat or drink during um the whistles or intermission okay so you had to you had to eat and drink the food or beer while the play was going on interesting just to just to keep it keep it light and like you know what i mean like yeah. you never want to be scratched or anything right. so you got to make it fun <clears throat> yeah. i've been scratched a couple times and i was like you know what like let's just make it fun of course plus you're in in trois rivieres so it's canadian oh. funds yeah exactly it's like monopoly money it's like mono- that's exactly what i was telling all the canadians <laughs> yeah. i was like i basically got these for free yeah it's not real money and they're like you're an idiot you're an idiot you're an idiot <laughs> and so this was kind of during covid too like they were super strict up there yeah so we were in the hot tub and we had beers like the three of us before mm-hmm. um, in the hot tub and someone came or our assistant coach came in and was like, Hey, like, I don't care, but the front desk is pissed off that you have a 12 pack and you three are drinking. I was like, Oh, but they're cans. That was, well, that was the one thing I said. I was like, no, 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 it's cans. Like we're good. And they're like, no, no, like they don't like that. You're drinking in the hot tub. I'm like, Oh, all right. So what if I just go right over into the pool? He's like, no, no, like you have to go to your room. I was like, oh, all right. (laughs) Oh, man. So, well, tell me. So when I originally told you I had a story that had to do with food, you thought it was Chipotle. So tell me the Chipotle story. So we were at the Chipotle in Worcester. And this is order. I was like, well, I'm shocked to even tell you this one. I thought this was his favorite one. Okay. But um, at the Chipotle in Worcester, and it's like a college um college chipotle so it's not the best Mm -hmm. service or anything so i ordered the bowl like i always get white rice uh both beans chicken or steak Mm -hmm. um guac lettuce and then a vinaigrette on top okay and so they didn't have white rice so i'm like all right whatever like i'll get brown rice they only had one bean so i'm like whatever like it is what it is like they're struggling already So then I get there, I get to the meat, like they had the meat, like fine, I'll get the chicken. Um, they don't have any corn salsa, they don't have any guacamole. It's like so you're like, not you're not even at Chipotle. I'm not, yeah, that, exactly. Yeah. And so I'm like, I'm like, you guys couldn't have told me, like, I was, I'm, I'm, an, I'm I was being a asshole. I was like, yeah. you guys couldn't have told me this, like, at the start of the line, like, I wouldn't even have gotten this crap. Right. They're like, oh, well, I'm sorry. I'm like, well, like, are you going to, can I get, like, something, like, a discount or something. They're like, nope. I'm like, oh, like, I don't even want this. They're like, well, you, you got to have it. I'm like, all right, whatever. Like, I walk at home. Like, whatever. I have avocados at home. It's yeah. right down the street. So I'm like walking out and I'm like, all right, that's it. That's it. I'm taking the hot sauce. I take like three hot sauces. And I just like, I'm like, and I'm like staring at the, the lady in, in the eyes. I'm just like, I'm taking the hot sauces. That's it. And Ordo absolutely loves when I say that. But like that was that was the story I thought he was going to say. Okay. Well, I'll let him know. Well, I mm-hmm. won't let him know. I'll make sure he listens. Make sure he listens. Yeah. yeah. So tell me about tell me about playing with him. He's uh, he's definitely someone that I enjoy watching uh, playing. What what is he like at his teammate? Yeah, I mean he's he's a high motor guy. Like always going, always going. Like high energy in in the locker room and, and on the ice. Mm-hmm. Like he's just a he's he's a good guy to 
have around and um like he he's tough so it's always nice to have him have him there with you uh, so we talked about your double trick already with yep. uh, against Adirondack. You had a rematch with Maz later in that year, but there's no video on that one. How did that one go? That one, that one was in Worcester. Mm-hmm. It was by it was by like the uh, by the bench, and I don't even know what happened. But mm-hmm. I, it was more of like a a wrestling match. It wasn't okay. anything crazy. Yeah, it wasn't anything crazy. Uh, so we're still in the middle of COVID here this season. And COVID is just taking its toll on the uh, north, the uh, northeastern American League teams. Yep. And Springfield has hit hard, and Bridgeport has hit hard. Yep. And how did you find out that you're going up to play with Bridgeport? Um, well, I was grabbing food with Cough, Liam Coughlin, mm-hmm. and we were at this place in Worcester just grabbing some food. He got a call. He's like, oh, dude, I'm going up to Bridgeport. I was like, dude, that's unreal. I can pump for you. Mm-hmm. Five minutes later, my phone starts ringing. I'm like, I look, and I'm like, I show him. I go, you think this is the same? You think this is Bridgeport? <laughs> He's like, I think that might be. He's like, that looks like the same number. I'm like, hello? And yeah. like, he's talking. Like, Luke, uh, Chris is talking. And he's like, blah, blah, blah. Like, I'll let you know, like. I was like, all right, well, sounds good. So cough was already going, and I was like, maybe. Mm-hmm. Like, all right, sounds good. Like, just let me know. I'll be, I'll be here. I'll be ready to go. I'll be ready to leave tonight if you need me to. Mm-hmm. And that's what they were going to do. So they called me back in like an hour and a half. It was the longest hour and a half of all time. I bet. And called me. It was like, hey, we need you to play this weekend. I'm like, oh, sweet. Like, that's awesome. They're like, we're playing Springfield. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, sweet. And I heard that some of the guys got called up to Springfield. I'm mm-hmm. like, oh, man, this is going to be crazy. So... <laughs> Cough and I jump in my car. We head off to Bridgeport. The other guys jump in their car. They go to Springfield, right? So we're playing against each other, and like it was, it was so funny. Like just the fact that there was, I don't know, like ten guys probably from that had Worcester ties. Yeah, um, that were playing in that game, maybe even more. Mm-hmm. But no, it was pretty. It was pretty cool. Like I, I think I played like five minutes both nights, but I had a blast. Now, my parents parents got to come. My uncle came, so they were pumped. Yeah, but I, and I think you told me that you didn't even get to see your parents though. Like they were because of COVID, you couldn't even see them, right? It was like a quick, like, hey, hi, bye. Yeah, but that's great though. I mean, geography wise, it's great that they were able to come see you play your American League games. That's awesome. Yep. Yeah, exactly. And so, like after that, after that series, like I got sent back down. Like, not a big deal. And Dennis McCauley, the guy that helped, that's from Bill Ricca, mm-hmm. that helped me get to Worcester, he calls me, he goes, the hell are you doing? I'm like, what? He said, you have two American League games, and you don't even get in a fight? <laughs> I'm like, what? I was like, I was like, well, I didn't, I, I, I didn't know. I was just trying to play. He's like, you can't just play. You got you to gotta get in a fight. I was like, well, now I know. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that. If, the, if the, Well, here's the thing. So you play in Springfield. And you mentioned there's like half of Worcester is in that game on different teams. Yep. Not that you want to intentionally hurt anyone, but did you ever think I'm going to take a run at, at this guy? Like, again, your buddy, but it's still, it's hockey now. Yeah. No, I mean, yeah, of course. Like whatever it's going to take, like not take a run at him. Not, but like, not oh. dirty. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. a, a hard hit, you know? Yeah. Like, like me and Drew Callan would like go, like even in summer skates, like we would, if we were playing against each other, like, we're we're playing hard against yeah. each other, mm-hmm. and like that's what that's how I that's when when we when I play hard against somebody like yeah. it's not like that I hate you it's like I respect you like, yeah 
type deal. That's how I look at it. Some people are soft nowadays and think like you hate them, but it isn't. Of course. But it was funny. Like so, Jordan Smotherman was playing in that game. He scored, and we had a draw with like 30 seconds left in the ozone. Mm-hmm. And I line up next to him and like good friend of mine, like yeah. the coach there in Worcester now. Yeah. And I look at him and I go, "You want to get the puck and just turn it over to me right in the slot?" He goes. <laughs> Get the hell out of here. I'm like, all right. I was well, like, you already played. I go, you already played your NHL game. You don't need anything else. That's it, right? And he, I was, he's like, get the hell out of here. I was like, all right, figure out ask. Well, that's that's the other thing I wanted to ask. Because, like, obviously, like, you're playing. Like, listen, if you're playing against your brother, you're going to go after your brother. You're going to hit your brother harder than the right. other guys. But also, because of the circumstance, and you got so many guys in Bridgeport, so many guys in Springfield, did you find yourself like trying to hold in laughs a lot of the time during the game, like during whistles and stuff? Because this is a guy you played with maybe three days ago, and you're going to play with next week, and now you're on opposite sides in the American League. Uh not I'm, not you, laugh, but you just know, like you, yeah, a well, smirk, you know how you know? I you know how I am. I'm yeah, like, if you're not on my team, you're for the next sixty minutes of game time. Yeah, but but yeah, like I would like whenever like I would start like chirping. Like Smo would be like, dude, shut up. <laughs> yeah, that's or what like, I mean. Or like, right, yeah. shut the hell up. I'm like, okay. Yeah, yeah. Did um, what well, now? Did Hartford have any guys from Worcester on their team? No. Okay. No. Okay. Did uh, did you get to keep your jersey from Bridgeport? I did. No, they they're very tight with that stuff. That's a Lamarillo rule. So I was hoping you know. that maybe you got it. So I, you know how bad I wanted it. I didn't get the Providence one either. Oh shit! That one will be easier to get than the Bridgeport one. Trust me. Yeah. Make some calls, you'll probably get it. Yeah. Well, you won't get – the Bridgeport one will sit in a closet for the next 30 years. That's, so, what, that's what Boggs told me. Yeah, it's – forget it. I mean, it's unbelievable. So, uh, so yeah, but I, make some calls to Providence. You never know. Yeah, you never know. I haven't seen it out there. Like, I don't know if you could see in the background. I got all my stuff here, but I'm always looking for Olsen stuff, and I have never seen one of your jerseys out there. So well, keep. I'm, I'm going to keep my eyes open. Yeah, I'll let you know if I see anything. I, I luckily got one this year from uh, from Orlando, which is good. That's good. That's nice. With the C. Yeah, with the C. There I can't you give you that one. I'm sorry. I'm not asking for it. I can't give you that one. I can I can look for something else. Hey, if you send me something, I won't turn it down, but I'm yeah. not asking. It might be from juniors or something, but I don't know. I Listen, I, I got I'll, plenty. I don't, have an, I don't have a lot of room here, but I'll make room for an Olsen. I'll, I'll see what I I'll see what I have in my basement when I go home next. Oh, I appreciate that. Yeah, of course. I appreciate that. Um, so now the uh, Bridgeport's over. You're back to Worcester, um, and and you don't miss a beat. Like honestly, and I think you said like you're just training and stuff. And and uh, you know I I think could you tell some guys maybe, and again everyone's COVID situation is different. But you went home. You focused on training. Could you tell maybe some other guys? And I'm not even talking about on your team. I wouldn't ask you that. But other guys maybe didn't take it so serious coming back. Like maybe weren't as prepared as you. Yeah, I mean, like so. So that summer, um, you're talking about summer, yeah. Yeah. So that summer um, coming in. Wait. No, because Bridgeport. I went from Bridgeport to Worcester. Yeah, I'm Worcester. talking about. Yeah, Worcester. I'm talking about when the summer before Bridgeport. You oh, really before fo- Bridgeport. Well, you really focused on your training. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, like, so, so coming was, back in, did you? Could you tell a lot of guys maybe weren't as focused as you were? 
I don't want to say focused, but like I know for a fact that I put in a lot of work that summer. Right. Because I was with, I was working out and skating in Worcester mm-hmm. uh, with Charlie Bando, and then skating uh, with guys like Bobby Butler and uh, Drew Callen and Jordan Smotherman, like those guys, mm-hmm. um, like the local pro guys, and like I was getting skates together and I was running them and everything like that. And, uh, I kind of was like, you know what, like I'm, this is kind of my last. This is my this would be my year to kind of get an AHL game. I was like, you know what, I'm going to kind of give it everything I have here. Um, like Smotherman helped me out a lot. Connie helped me out a lot. Um, and then competing with Cal helped me out a lot too. So, um, I mean, it was kind of just, you got to put yourself around people that have similar goals as you and, and aspirations as you. Um, and, and that's when you're going to succeed. And like, that's kind of what I did that summer. And, like, don't get me wrong, we still had fun that summer yeah. away from the rink and stuff, but mm-hmm. we really did dial in. And then, like, honestly, like, once September hit, like, we really dialed it in and made sure we were ready to go for October. So, um, yeah, like, I thought I had a really good summer that year, um, and it helped a lot. Well, unlike the uh, your junior time where you're going from team to team and it's not really great, this year yes. you played on four teams and – it, it seems like it was just getting better and better. So yeah. um, how did you end up in Orlando? So I was on a bus trip from Reading back from Reading to Adirondack. Mm-hmm. And we were stopped. We stopped at some gas station in, in New York, like upstate New York, mm-hmm. probably. Or I'm not sure. Maybe yeah. like two hours from Adirondack, give or take. Uh, and coach, coach, uh, he pulls me over. He's like, holy, come here. I'm like, yeah, what's up? It's like, hey, we um, we traded you to Orlando, and I had a, I was like kind of like shocked, but also like a smile came across my face. I'm like, right. could be. I was like, man, it could be worse. <laughs> yeah, really. That's kind of what I said. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I was like, any reasons? He's like, well, yeah, like we were looking, we're, we need a top D man, and like you were like the guy that they really wanted. And I'm like, ah, I mean, I get it. It's like a business, but like I really did love, I loved Worcester. Yeah. So it was it was tough. Like I really wanted to stay, and like I loved it there. And, uh, like Connie, Connie treated me so well there, and mm-hmm. um, just things didn't end up working out. And, um, ended up getting traded to uh, Orlando, which hey, I could be in way worse spots. Oh yeah, as you saw, like that mm-hmm. setup there is second to none. Yeah, it's pretty nice. It's pretty nice. Yeah. So uh, funny. So we we got to Adirondack. I was like, all right, Cam, like Cam McGuire. I was like. I'm not playing like tomorrow in the game. Like, do you want to go grab some drinks? So I'm like, he's like, yeah, let's, let's unpack and like, let's go grab some drinks. I'm like, okay, sounds good. And cause I didn't know when I was going to see Cam probably in the summer, but yeah. like, I just wanted to kind of shoot the shit with him. Mm-hmm. So he, um, we were, we were grabbing some drinks and Orlando texted me. He was like, Hey, we'll call you after the game. So I'm like, all right, sounds good. So around like 1030, we got in at six Cam and I went grab food grab some grab some drinks and um i probably had like five or six beers and mm-hmm. when they when they called when they called me i was like hello like, hey how you doing they're like uh we got you a flight out of albany at 6 30 a.m and you know how close that is right yes not not close maybe exactly. hour 15 yeah what do you mm-hmm. say yeah yeah so they're like so they're like yeah we have a team uber so just uh just accept it and get an uber I'm like, should I get an Uber now? Yeah. They're like, yeah, we have a hotel for you too. I'm like, okay. Yeah. So I had to, I was like, I look at Cam and go, all right, let's get one more and like, yeah. let's go to the rink and let's go to the rink and let's get an Uber. I need an Uber. He's like, Jesus. So we walked down to the rink. 
grabbed all my gear, put it all together, and, and come back, and we get an Uber, and I was, it was it was a crazy whirlwind of events, and yeah. um, ended up ended up playing the next day. So I flew in uh, at six thirty, flew into where did I fly into Baltimore, went Albany to Baltimore, mm-hmm. Baltimore to Orlando. So I was like, all right, well, I need to drink water, like a lot of water. <laughs> yeah. And I need to get food. So um, whatnot. I was like, uh, I probably won't play. Like, they're playing tonight. I probably won't play, right? Right? Like, they they have other guys. I get, we land in Orlando. I land in Orlando at like 2.15, 2, 2. 15, mm-hmm. And I get a text from Tyler Bird, like one of my really good friends now. Yeah. Um, and I knew him from, like, hey, here's the lineup. I'm like, what? I'm like, okay. Like, I look. I'm playing center on the second line. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, you gotta be kidding me. I was like, I'm not a centerman. One. And two, I'm gonna be absolutely exhausted. Mm-hmm. So I was like, all right, sounds good. So it took me an hour and a half to find an Uber from the Orlando airport to <laughs> the apartments. Yeah. Because it's like a thirty minute trip and nobody wants to Uber there. Right. Because so it took me an hour and a half to find an Uber. Mm-hmm. Finally get back and I like I'm like, hey, I need Chipotle. So like, <laughs> I get a ride to Chipotle. I just get like whatever it is. Like, I get I get a ride there, pick it up, eat real quick, and then go to the rink. Mm-hmm. And I and I remember like that game. I was like, this is I'm just gonna play as simple as possible. And the coach was like, you haven't played center. You play center, right? And I'm just like, yep. <laughs> I was like, I'll figure it. I was like, I'll figure it out. I'm smart. I was like, I'm smart enough. Like, I'll I'll figure it out. Yeah. But it was it was crazy how I landed got it. Found out I was playing center. I'm like, oh boy, this is crazy. How are you on faceoffs? I think I was like 48, 48% on the year. Fuck, you're unbelievable. Could have been better. Should have been better. Oh, I, I want... but you never played before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll take it. You're in the third best league in the world taking faceoffs. You never did it before and you're 50%. Yeah. That's not too yeah. bad. Not bad. I'll take it. So, how was it playing for Coach Barahowski? It was good. I mean, yeah. I liked I, I liked him. Mm-hmm. Um, he might have rubbed guys the wrong way, but I liked him because he, he liked a tough, hard game and like people that played hard. And, like that's kind of how I, that's kind of how I play. And, yeah. Um, and I and I liked him a lot. He gave like I said, like he put me on the second second uh, second line and playing with some good players and mm-hmm. uh, and I, I enjoyed it. I mean, it was it was it was different playing center, but it was fun. It was good. I liked playing for him. Uh, one of the guys that I met this year down in Orlando was uh, Luke Boca. Seemed like a oh, yeah. really, really good kid. Uh, what's yep. it like playing with him? What kind of a teammate is he? He's uh, he's funny. He's yeah. funny. He's uh, he'll like get off. He'll get off. Like if he has like a bad shift, he'll get off and just go. Oh! <laughs> yeah, and and everyone like so like during rookie party it was like imitate a vet. And I forget who it was, and someone like sits down and just goes. <laughs> and everyone like, busted oh, out. Yeah, yeah. But like he's he's a good guy. Like, mm. like on like same thing. Like honestly, like we had a, we had some good guys. We had good guys on on and off the ice. But like he was a he's a guy like on the ice, like good centerman, like good second third line centerman that'll kill penalties and like and will just give you everything he has every night. Yeah. And like those are the guys you need on your team. Absolutely. I got I'm trying to school him a little bit in old school MMA. We started talking about that a little bit, and uh, so I gave him a couple of names I want him to yep. watch from back in the day. So hopefully he listened. Hopefully he's a young guy too. Yeah. So we got I got to school him a little bit. So, 
What uh, what was it like playing with a veteran like Steve Alexi? Oh, I love Steve. Steve is awesome. Yeah. Um, I was hoping he. I wish I was hoping he was around uh, the whole year, but a couple something happened. I don't. I don't really know. I didn't really want to ask. Yeah. But like when he was when he was in the locker room, like I would ask him questions all the time, like, mm-hmm. and especially when I came back um, this year, he was talking to me, um, and I was like, oh, he's getting a C for sure, blah blah blah, or like Sid, and he was like, yeah, like. You're gonna be a big leader. I'm like, yeah, whatever. Like, mm-hmm. you, we have older guys. Like, I'm not. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm not. You know what I mean? Like, you, I have Steve Alexia, cap, uh, a capital who won the Stanley Cup. Like, right. So, but like, he helped me so much in like that that aspect. And like, still, like, I'll reach out to him once in a while. And mm-hmm. like, he's he's doing well. But like, he's a great guy. Yeah. Great, great guy. Uh, seven points in ten games. Not too bad. Yeah. Two sure. scraps. Yep. Um. Carter Allen, South Carolina, and then um, you went for one of the big boys, Travis Howe. Yeah, yeah, Travis Howe. Yeah, he's one of the killers down there. Yeah, he is. Yeah, he's a killer. Yeah. So, so what happened? It was funny. I, I don't know why, but I was like, we, I was, I, I was starting with me, Sean Element. I forget who our other winger was. Mm-hmm. We're starting, and and then he was, and then I saw Travis Howe starting, and just in my head, I'm like. I just haven't. I have a feeling this guy's gonna do something stupid. <laughs> so he, I, we win, we win, win the faceoff. Not a big deal. I want a faceoff. Um, <laughs> snapped it back actually. Yeah, it was and, beautiful. And all of a sudden, I turn and look and see the puck, and Travis Howe's like slashing element, and I'm like, stop. I'm like, don't, don't element, and he doesn't, and he like comes up to me, or I go up to him, and he's like, what are you gonna do? I'm like, man, you want to go. I was like, you need to calm down. He's like, you. I was like, he's like, you want to go? I'm like, yeah, we'll go. Mm. So like, I was like, fuck, what am I doing halfway <laughs> through? And like, I'm jabbing him, I'm jabbing him, and I think he's just like lining me up. And mm. he he's a good fighter, strong fighter. Yeah. He just starts throwing downhill, and mm. you know what? I didn't get hit by anything. Yeah. So I was like, you know what? That's a win. Yeah. And yeah. like, I got back to the bench, and Stalzy and Drake were like, man, like that just allowed our team to like feel more confident like hey like he can fight him like let's not be scared of him yep and we ended up winning 5-2 that game and i think i had gory that game actually we had a gory how that game man you just racking the stuff up i know i know crazy the power forward like like i said you're a power forward power forward exactly yeah see that this new definition of power forward that the media is trying to spin where you don't have to fight you just have to throw a hit every now and then my definition you got to drop them every now and then yeah so i agree yeah so there you go i actually told that to karks when you signed i said you just signed the premier power forward in the league what did he say He's like, fuck that. he's like, fuck that guy. No, he actually, said, no, no, no. He, uh, I think he agreed, but you know, he's, he's the coach. So you got the coach yeah. speaking and everything, but, uh, but he loved you by the way, but you know, yeah. that. you know that. Um, yeah. but before we get to that, let's talk about, you ended up in Providence. Yep. So how did that come about? Fun, crazy story was, uh, so I was in Orlando right to end of the year and I went to my buddy's house for a week and a half after and mm-hmm. played golf and had a good time, right? Like after the season, like you usually do. Mm-hmm. And I caddied for. He plays like minor pro golf down here, Corey Eisenband. He plays not down here, but down in Florida. And his parents have a house in uh, West Palm Gardens. Mm-hmm. So I drove down, uh, was with him for a week and a half, and caddy and golf. And 
everything like that. Um, then all of a sudden, I was flying back. I was like, all right, well, I'm flying back on Thursday. Like, blah, blah, blah. He's like, all right, sweet. Sounds good. Like, um, so I get a call on Wednesday. And they're like, hey, uh, are you free? Uh, they're like, blah, blah, blah. This is coach of Providence Bruins. And honestly, what I almost said was, all right, who is this? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> who is this? Yep. Is this, hey, Johnny, is this you? <laughs> get the hell out of here. But I didn't. I was like, uh, yeah, yeah, I'm free. I'm actually in Florida right now. They're like, oh, you're not home. I was like, no, well, I'm flying home tomorrow. They're like, well, we would love to have you uh, have have you Friday, Saturday uh, for the games. I'm like, yeah, I'm in. <laughs> so I was able. So I was already flying out, but then our flight, my flight, kept getting delayed, delayed on Thursday. Mm-hmm. So luckily, my girlfriend, her dad's uh, mosaic with JetBlue. Okay. So he got me a flight out Wednesday night mm-hmm. to Boston, Wednesday night. So then Thursday, um, I ended up going and practicing with with him. Okay. And I stepped on the ice, and I thought I was Bambi. I couldn't <laughs> stand. Yeah. I was like, this is going to be tough. But I was like, but, yeah, so I got a call, and, you know, one thing led to another. And I said, you know what, it would be stupid to say no. Course. Especially since I was already coming home, and now I can say I played for the Bruins. No one has to say the Little Bruins. I well, played for the Bruins. That's it. That's it. Absolutely. And of course, you get you get a point. Yeah. You played a whole year with them. You would have had forty points, forty-one that, points. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. You, got thinking. A, you just got to prorate it. And of course, yep. you got two scraps. Yeah. Uh, of course. Luke Witkowski and Patrick McGrath. What do you remember about those? So Witkowski won. I was like, I was all I was thinking about was Dennis McCauley saying, "I can't believe you didn't get in a <laughs> right. fight." Yep. So I'm like, all right, well, um, I asked I asked him to fight, like, first shift, and he's like, no, I'm not fighting. So I'm like, yeah. you know what? Best way to get someone to fight, run around. Yep. Like, play the game, but, like, f- finish every hit. So I was, and, and then he comes out. He's like, let's go. I'm like, okay. Mm-hmm. So we both drop our gloves, and I was so jacked up. Yeah. I was an idiot, and I threw my stick behind me. <laughs> so I have him, and I throw one, and he goes to throw one. And I step on my stick, yep. and it looks like he knocks me out. <laughs> but luckily, he didn't. He missed. Yeah. But like, he's a, he's a strong guy. Yeah. And then the second one is Patty McGrath. Like, I know I know him from Indy. I yeah. played with him in Indy, so he's a good buddy of mine. I'm, I'm we're shooting the shit in warmups. We're just stretching, fake. We're stretching, fake yeah. stretching at the yeah. at the line. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, hey, Patty, what's going on? He's like, what's up, man? How you doing? I'm like, good. And I was like. You want to give me one tonight? He's like, yeah, that works. He's like, first shift? He's like, I was like, yeah, that works. He's like, all right, sounds good. So I go in. He's, or he was like, first shift. He's like, maybe throw a hit and then I'll come in. I'm like, okay, sounds good. Mm-hmm. So I throw a hit and he gets and he gets on the ice and I'm coming back up the ice. So right when he I hear him, he goes, oh, so let's go. I'm like, okay. <laughs> so like then so we go we go toe to toe and like luckily I had reach on it, but he kept throwing these kidney shots. Yeah. And I'm like, I remember him telling me in Indy, he throws kidney shots so that I drop it and then he can clock me. Mm-hmm. And all I'm thinking is, don't drop it. Don't yep. drop it. Don't drop it. I was like, take them. Take them as much as you can. Mm-hmm. And they're starting to hurt. So I start throwing back like jabs and throwing over. And they're starting to hurt. So one thing leads to another. Fight ends and, and, and whatnot. And like get to the penalty, penalty box and blah, blah, blah. I get back to the uh, bench and coach is like, 
man, this is awesome. He's like, you, I didn't think, I didn't expect you to fight both nights. I was like, yeah, why not? I was like, why not? Right. So, so I'm playing the rest of the game and, um, I, I get like a chintzy, I'm not going to lie. It's a chintzy, uh, assist, but mm-hmm. I'll take it. Yeah. Take it. I'll take it. And, um, after the game, I'm like, man, my ribs are killing me. Mm-hmm. Three days after, a week after, my ribs were still hurting. I'm like, I think I might have broken them. Mm-hmm. But then I like went to the Worcester guy, the Worcester doctor, and yeah. they're like, no, just bad bruise. He's like, yeah. what happened? I was like, oh, I, I was getting punched in the ribs. <laughs> like, well, why? I was like, and I told him. He's like, well, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, but yeah. So after the game, like coach coach brings me or uh, coach the assistant coach comes in. And is like, hey, uh, Ols, like coach wants to talk to you. Um, I was like, all right, sounds good. Um, and the the equipment manager before the game, I meant to tell you this before the second mm. game, it was like, uh, yeah, like you can bring these sticks home tonight with you. And I was like, wait, I'm going home tonight. And like, <laughs> I, knew, I already knew I was yeah, yeah. cause they're starting playoffs mm-hmm. and they're like saving bodies. And I was like, wait, I'm going home tonight. He's like, yeah, wait, shit. I'm sorry. I'm like, dude, I'm just kidding with you. I'm, I'm, I'm kidding. I was like, I was like, I know. Mm-hmm. So like he brought me in, like yeah. we talked and Adam McQuaid was there and I, yeah, yeah. I was like, I literally, he's like, I loved your game. And you know how hard it was to say, I I wanted to be like, I love you so much. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but of course, like, yeah. I was like, thank you so much. I appreciate it. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. But I was like, I wanted to be like, I love you. You're the best. <laughs> You're the second best Bruin of all time behind Milan. <laughs> but I was like, I can't, I can't yeah. be a pro. I was like, be a pro. Yeah. But maybe if I said that, it would have gotten me a, another chance. Me? Yeah. I blew we it. all have regrets. I blew it. Well, I don't know if I you blew got, it. I should have gotten an autograph. Oh, I'm sure you could write him a letter. <laughs> yes. Dear Adam. Hey, dear Adam, I don't know if you remember me from my <laughs> two games. I had two fights and played seven minutes total. You said you liked my game. <laughs> Can I get your autograph? <laughs> and I'll send like a toilet piece of toilet paper or something. So listen, I everyone's journey is different. And obviously at a certain point you want to play in the NHL. Yeah. It didn't work out that way. But I think the cool thing about your journey is that it's probably 85% of your hockey. You were able to play within driving distance for your family to see and your friends to see. So, like, everyone has a different path. And obviously, it would be great if I'm talking to you after 10 years with the Bruins, but it wasn't meant to be. But all those games that you played, most of them, your parents could come and see you. I don't know if you had, you said you had a sister, your yep. buddies. And I think there's something to be said for that, where you where you play close to home. A lot of guys don't ever get that chance. How grateful are you for that? Yeah, I mean, you hit it right on the nail. Like, my dad and my mom and, like, parent, uh, family, like, loved coming to Worcester to watch me play. And, like, my uncle, uncle John, like, he came to Bridgeport. He lives in uh, Merrimack, Mass., so, like, mm-hmm going to Bridgeport's like three and a half, four hours. Yeah. And he's like, I'm coming. So what he did, he would drive to my house and then my dad would drive down. Mm-hmm. So my, my uncle would crack a couple cold ones in the back seat with my mom in the front seat. He'd yeah. be just, he'd be like a, almost like he was in an Uber, <laughs> but he, he would, and then, and he would work. He wakes up at like 4am, 5am every day. Mm-hmm. So like, um, not every day, but for work. So yeah. like that Friday, right? Like he's driving down and, He's he was up already at five a.m. He's coming to the game four hour drive like yeah. that takes a toll and like just like things like that and then 
Um, like being able to play in Worcester where my dad was at, I would say 99% of the home games. Yeah. My mom, whenever she wasn't working, she was at the home games. And then like my buddies from Endicott would come to the games um, once in a while to be like, hey, coming out to Worcester, can you leave some tickets? I'm like, yeah, of course. Yeah. So like that that was so cool. Like And like all these guys like loved that I was still playing and whatnot. So, um, and like even this year, like when I was in Orlando, uh, my uncle, uncle Chris, he, uh, he, uh, lives in North Carolina. So he was able to come to like the Carolina, South Carolina games and the Greenville games and, and whatnot. So that was pretty cool too. So just a large outreach of family and supporters, which is always good. Um, you were obviously one of the most popular players in the history of the Railers. And Worcester is definitely a town that appreciates the blue collar guys, you know, going back to the, of the ice cats and everything like that. Um, how important is that to you? Not, maybe not important, but it's, a, it's almost a responsibility in a way because fa- you know, fans will turn on you in a heartbeat. Yeah. And, but it seems like, you know, guys like yourself and Turk and Corny, you guys are probably three of the most popular players in the history of the franchise. How much does that mean to you? Yeah, I mean, it means a lot. I mean, I remember this year there was some Worcester Railer fans down in Orlando oh, yeah. with their jerseys on. I'm like, you, like they're great fans. Like, mm-hmm. um, but, yeah, no, it's it's pretty cool to, like, be one of the fan favorites. Honestly, like, everywhere I've went, like, not to be like cocky, but like a lot of the fans really like me, and yep. like I guess it's just the style I play, and like like the fans, and especially the minor league fans, are like are are the best. I think mm-hmm. they're the best because like they're paying to come watch me play. Like, mm-hmm. what are we doing here? Like, <laughs> what, you could do something else on a Friday, Saturday night. Yeah, but they're coming to watch watch us play. Like, they're loud every night, whether you're in Orlando or Worcester. Like, they were great fans. Both mm-hmm. both were. Um, you're the all-time leader in power play goals in Worcester. Ten power play goals. Wow. Uh, fourth all-time in general goals, 33. And you're third all-time in penalty minutes. Obviously, you know who's ahead of you. Tersh and Corny? Yeah, but you want to know, we talked about your discrepancy in games back in college, right? Yeah. All right. So, Turk, obviously, no one's touching his record, Okay. So you played 99 games, had 236 penalty minutes. I played 99 with Worcester? Yeah. I couldn't get to 100, huh? Well, you were too busy in the American League. That's That's how you have to look at it, right? That's fair. Um, Turk played – so you played 99 for 236. Turk played 26 games more than you, and he had 527 penalty minutes. Oh, my God. He had 125 games, 527 minutes. Oh my god! <laughs> now I know you're tough, but I think even if you played those extra twenty six games, you're not, not catching them. No, you, you you need a ten, and you need you need twenty. You need two tens every game. That's how much of a wild man he was. That's crazy. Yeah, no one's touching that. No. Uh, all right, hey, listen. Thanks for hanging in there. We're almost done. We're, yeah, we're no at worries. the final year here. Okay. Uh, so, you're free agent. Uh, how'd you end up in Orlando? Did Karks reach out to you? No, I wasn't a free agent. I was protected okay. by him. Oh, okay. Okay. Yep. But now you're protected, but were you under, you were under contract or you had a sign? How um, does that work? Yeah. So, so what, what happens in the coast is if you play under 200 to shoot, is it 240, 240 games? 
then they can protect you and they they have your rights for a year. Okay. And if you if it's over, then it's, or it might be two sixty actually, and then you're a vet and you can go wherever you want. Okay. So he had my they Orlando had my rights and I was completely fine with that right like yeah could be worse places but um, like ended up signing there in the summer like he was, he said the same thing he's like hey like I'm a new coach like everyone has a fresh slate so I don't care what you did last year like you're gonna be given X Y Z opportunity and I was like you know what like I I like that a lot like and like sure like. Maybe some guys are like, "Oh, it's your fourth year in the league. Like, he should tell you it's this is what you're getting." It's like, no, like that's not how I was raised. Like, I never believed in that. Like, I was always raised like, "Hey, you got to earn it. You got to earn your damn spot." So, mm-hmm. when I heard that, I was like, "All right, like this guy's he's ready for business." And he, um, so I may be biased. Okay, uh, I've known him a few years, and he just has this energy about him. Like, mm-hmm. I, I, it's really hard to put into words, but he's the kind of guy, like, you want to, you want to go to the rink, uh, you know, it just seems that way. Even me, like, after I, after I saw you guys this year, we went to lunch and it's just, he just has this, like, this positive energy about him and you want to do well. It, it, you don't play for the coach, but it's just like, you, he's such a good guy and he, and yep. you just like, you, you don't want to fuck up. You know what I'm right. saying? Like, you want to do whatever you can because of the faith he has in you and just because of that energy that he brings. And how is that accurate? A hundred percent. Like he, like you said, like he has like that energy where he puts in so him and Homer both, yeah. like they put in so much damn work. Like mm-hmm. it fucking sucked losing yeah. because I knew how much they put in. Like some of the guys put in like, we just couldn't get everyone to buy in. And that, that was the shittiest part was, like, he would come up to, like, the core group of guys and be like, hey, like, you guys did well tonight. It's like, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, I know. Like, yeah, it sucks. But, like, we got to find a way to get everybody on board. And, like, he and you know, like, that guy hates fucking losing. And, yeah. like, so do I. So, like, yeah. we saw eye to eye with that. And, like, it was so annoying. It, it was tough this year just, like, because we had, we had some good players. It's yeah. Just some things didn't work out the way we planned or Karch planned. Mm-hmm. So, but that's the that's the shittiest part was that we that the coaches put in so much damn work and like most like most of the players put in the work. It was just some guys just you know what I mean. Yeah, no, I get it. I get it. And, and without just, throwing without throwing anything under the bus. No, I understand that. I you know I get it. And just like a. Like you say, he hates to lose. It's just, he, you know what, he cares. And it's yeah. not, it, it's, it, it's not just a job. Like, you know, it's his team. Like, he's not just the coach. He's the GM. So this is the team he's putting together. And obviously, Correct. first year, you know, you're going to keep some guys. You're going to get rid of some guys. But it's like, you can almost tell. And, I, and obviously, I'm saying this from the outside. But there are certain coaches who coaching is the job. Yep. And then there are certain coaches where, like, hockey's his life. You know, and obviously not in a bad way because I know he's an unbelievable family man with, with his wife and his sons and everything. I yep. know how much his family means to him, but he cares so much about hockey. Like, I understand what you're saying that it sucked losing, especially with all the work that he put in because you know how much he cares. Right. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Like, he'll, he take, like, 
like I said to some guys, like he, you know how much time he took away from his family, yeah, to just to be here coaching or doing video or being on the road, like. But yep. like like you said, he's a big family man. Like he has a great great wife and kids. So yeah. Did uh, now I think you played against Homer, didn't you uh, last year when he was with uh, South Carolina? Yeah, I I don't know if I played against him. Okay. Or if he was if he played or not, but yeah, I know some of the guys did. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and this was his first go around as a as a coach. Yep. Yeah. So how, how what was it like playing for him? Because yeah. uh, now there's that dynamic, the head coach, good 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 cop, bad cop. So Carks went from the good, and I don't see Carks as a bad cop. But, yeah. but in in Bridgeport he was the good cop, and yep. he's I I can't picture him as the bad cop, but I I guess you always kind of confide in the in the assistant coach too sometimes. Yeah, you can't go to the head coach. So how how was Ben in that role? He he was he was awesome. Like he had the penalty. He he was doing penalty kill. Mm-hmm. Uh, like he would and and he worked a lot with the centers actually. Like and that's so big. Like mm-hmm. being able to grab have a guy that was really good um, in his career and just finished last year being able to bring him in and have him be such a vital part. Like you could see our faceoffs were getting better and better. Cause if you, if you're chasing the puck, like it's tough to make plays and create offense. So if we're able to win draws, like just something like that. So small mm-hmm. seems small, but it's so big. Like he would take the centers and watch video. He'd watch, watch video with them and he would do draws after practice and, and, and just tell him a couple tips. And I think it helped out so much. And like just little things like that, where he, he like, he just finished playing. So like, mm-hmm. He knows the guys, and he knows how the best way to be taught or coached is. So yeah. I thought that was great pickup by them. Um, so you had an – I mean, again, I know you're not happy. I can tell you how you did this year. You had a great season personally, but obviously the you're not a, a personal guy. You're a team guy. Uh, but it has to be said, 47 points, 71 games, 173 pims. Uh, <laughs> seven, seventh in the in the league, by the way. Uh, I don't know if you knew that, but uh, it's a seventh in the Pims, and you also set a team record with 14 power play goals. Yeah, that's crazy. I Is mean, that... I was set up for success, though. You play, yeah, but... with a, you, play you, you get on a power play, and you yeah. sit in front, and you have a guy Mike, named Michael Brodzinski mm-hmm. shooting the puck at your stick, wherever your stick is. Like, it's pretty uh, pretty easy to score some goals. Yeah, but you could also have stone hands. I do. Well, apparently, you know, you've got yeah, silky no, mitts. I know, I know. <laughs> no, I know, I know. But I'm just saying, yeah. like, playing with him on the power play was unbelievable. Yeah. And um, then, like, early in the year, we had Joe Carroll and, and Sidlowski mm-hmm. on the flanks. Like, we were, those two were awesome, too, so. I, uh, since he was hurt when I was there, yep. I got to talk to Sidlowski a lot. While you guys are skating, he seems like a really, really good guy. What kind of really good guy? Is he? Yeah, and bald guy too, just like yourself. Oh, I mean, we're both very handsome. Uh. <laughs> well, you want to hear? I told him what I told him that I, I'm like I wanted to talk to you because the whole time I was speaking, he I, I guess he said he was focused, but I, I'm like it looked like you were grilling me the whole time, and he started <laughs> laughing, and I'm just like I'm like this guy he wants to kill me. Right. And he's like, no, no, no. I was just, I was like listening to every word you said. And, yep. uh, and he was just such a cool guy to talk to. So was That's he, funny. what kind of a guy is he to play with? He's, he's like an old school guy too, where he's yeah. going to put up points and like, he'll, he'll beat, he'll beat the piss out of some guys. 
Yeah, he, he was saying he grew up, uh, you know, a big Red Wings fan with yeah. the toughness that they had and everything. So uh, he seemed yeah. to, unfortunately, he was hurt when I was there. So, uh, but it, I mean, if he comes back next year, he'll definitely be someone I look out for. Yeah, you'll have to. Like, yeah. he's a guy, he, he if he played all the whole year, that would have been huge for us. Mm-hmm. And uh, what's it, uh, another guy that I met, really, really good kid, was uh, Matt Barnaby Jr., yeah, or little Barney. Barney. I don't know if he's a little, junior, but uh, little Barney. Yeah, little Barney. Uh, yeah. What kind of a player is he? He's a guy like he has. He has a lot of potential. Like he could. I think he's a guy that could play in the AHL. To be honest, yeah. Like he has the skill. He has the the height. Just needs to maybe fill out a little bit. But like he has. A, he can skate. He has the hands. He can make plays. He can shoot. Like mm-hmm. it's just. I, I think he could. I think he could play in the AHL. If, um. Maybe a couple things changed, but like mm-hmm. I, I liked him a lot as a guy. Like he's so funny, like great locker room guy. Uh, like guys loved him, uh, but I think uh, yeah, he was a great guy though, on and off the ice. I thought he was a good player. All right, and I got to ask you now. You battled him uh, throughout your career, and now you're sharing the locker room with Mazza. So, uh, so what was it like? I'm, I'm assuming you guys, you know, a lot of we times. Didn't. We hit it off right away. Yeah, I was going to say, I'm assuming you guys hit it off right away because you already have that mutual respect. I think yep. I think what a lot of people don't realize is, oh, those guys fought a lot. They must hate each other. Where yep. in reality, the battles you guys had, not even just the fights, but you know, in the corners, whatever, you're building that respect for each other. So yep. I'm sure the minute the one of you was in the room, the minute the other guy walks in the room, you're shaking his hand, you're giving him a hug, and you're instant yep. friends. Well, it's funny. So I uh, I grabbed his phone number from one of my buddies, mm-hmm. and when he got traded uh, from Adirondack to Orlando, and I think my first text might have been like, "Hey, welcome to Orlando. Yeah, um, you're lucky. You're lucky. We don't have to go round three. <laughs> it was something like that, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but it was funny. Like in practice, there was one practice. Uh, he gave me a cross check, mm-hmm. and I two handed him back, and like nothing ended up happening. Right. Like, it was just us battling and, like, just being pissed that we were losing. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, maybe we could have, should have fought. But at the end of practice, the was like, so, oh, uh, round three going to happen right here in the circle? <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, fuck. Oh, man. But, like, that, then we were all good. You know how it yeah. is. Like, oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I told him uh, I really appreciated him being uh, an impromptu part of my presentation because yeah. he had no idea. And no idea. He had no idea, and I'm like, all right, I'm gonna. I was telling my wife the night before. I'm like, I'm gonna. He doesn't know it, but he's gonna be part of my presentation. And he was, he was so good. I told him I'm so, so grateful that he just rolled with it. He was fantastic. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. that's so funny. Uh, you named team captain this year. Yeah. So you're a kid, Massachusetts kid playing Division three hockey. Now you're captaining a team, the third best league in the world, in Orlando, Florida. How how cool is that? How much did that mean to you? Yeah, I mean, it meant a lot. Like I said, there's guys like Steve Alexi and mm-hmm. Sidlowski and Brodzinski and Tyler Bird. I mean, the list goes on and on. But, like, that were there and that could have been captain. And, like, just the fact that I was brought in as a leadership group. Like, he brought me in, one of the six guys in the leadership group. I was like, oh, like, sweet, this is awesome. Mm-hmm. I know I had the A last year in Worcester, but I was like, yeah, it's a new spot. Like, it, whatever happens, like, I just want to win. Yeah, and then he was like, "Yeah, like the A's are Sidlowski and Brodzinski, mm-hmm. and uh, the captain is going to be uh, it's going to be Ols." I was like, "What?" <laughs> and I was like, "What?" And like, it was an it was such an honor, like just the fact that Karks 
um, gave me the ability to be the captain. Like he thought that I had what it took to to lead the team to success. I mean, it we didn't end in success, but like still, it was it was, it was a good honor. And like I love that guy. He's the he's the man. Like he's a great guy. I mean, as we talked about, but the fact that he allowed me to be the captain this year was awesome. And you got the letter from a guy who wore a letter in the NHL. So that yeah. has to mean something. This is a guy yeah. who, and Karks is the kind of guy that doesn't need a letter to be a leader. But right. the fact is he wore a letter in the NHL and he's now bestowing the C to you, which is, yeah. which has to mean more than if it was some, you know, listen, I'm not afraid to say it. Some Finnish fancy guy, whatever. You yep. got a guy beating potatoes guy that, you know, that earned everything he has. And, and he's, he's designating you the captain. Yeah. No, it was, so. it was so cool. Like I was, it was awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm not going to run through the names of the guys that you fought this year. I'd say maybe the biggest, the biggest name, maybe uh, Nico, Nico from Savannah, yep. maybe was probably the the, with the best resume. Um, yep. Any memorable fights this year, or any good stories about any of them? Or I know one with one was with Graves. Yep, and Gert, Gertler um, hit one of our AHL NHL guys from behind. Mm-hmm. And nobody did anything, and there's like I don't know, like 20 seconds left in the game. Yeah, and nobody, uh, no, nobody did anything. So whistle blew, like w- no penalties or anything. I was like, man, eh, whatever. I'll just jump the porch. Don't say anything. <laughs> I, I pulled the guy off. Yeah, and I lined up right next to Gertler as a right winger, and everyone knows I'm usually a left winger. Like yeah. I'll play right wing, but lined up right next to him and puck dropped, and I two handed him so hard across the foot. Yeah, and then the shin pad. And then Graves came in and got in a fight, and like after the game, Karch was that was like that was one of our that was an early game, maybe like first five games. Mm-hmm. Karch was like, "You guys got to stick up for each other," like blah blah blah, and like I was like, "Boys, I, I didn't know I had to say." I, I was like, "I wish I told I wish I told some some other guys because the other guys that were out there were skilled guys." Right. So like I probably should have looked at like a guy like Sid and you know what I mean. Yeah. Like, those guys and be like, "Hey, I'm, I'm going." But or Mazza, you know what I mean? And yeah. Like stepped in, but that was one. Um, we we both got like two or three good ones in. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to think. <laughs> but, I mean, the last one, one against Lynch. Okay. The last, my last ever game. Tell last me. Career game. It was uh, we were losing two one in Jacksonville, and this guy's absolute. I no one really likes him. Mm-hmm. He's an absolute loser, a uh, little rat. Doesn't usually st- back up his talk. Like he's always, he like he was chirping Bernie, like, "Oh, you'll never fight, blah blah blah." And Bernie's like, "I'll go right now." And he's like, "Oh, you, of course you would ask me while I'm on the bench." He's like, "Well, no, you're right in front of me." <laughs> so like he would do little shit like that all year. Yeah. He's just a little shit. And I I I think he's a loser to be honest. Uh-huh. Um, but uh, Dwyer step or Karks puts me Powell. Uh, uh, a rookie center, and then uh, Mazza and Harper out. Nice. And after like a bad, bad call, like a bad non-call, and mm. doesn't say anything. And yeah. me and Paul will go out. We're both left wingers, and we look at each other and we're like, "Who's playing left wing?" And I go, <laughs> "You take right wing." Mm. And he goes, "Okay." Yeah. And so I look at the center. And I go, "Don't even worry about the puck. Go right for his hand." And he goes through the puck. He, yeah. He's a rookie. You know what I mean? He's a rookie. Right, he's, right. 
he goes for the puck and um, we want it, blah, blah, blah. Like, he goes up the wall, up, G, uh, up Powell's wall, and the D-man kind of has stepped up on him mm-hmm. and didn't hit him hard. It was a good, clean hit. And I just came over and, like, pushed him into the bench, and then Powell grabbed him. Mm-hmm. And Lynch came in, and I knew he was the center, and I knew he was out there. And I'm like, like, got it. If I can get him, like, <laughs> I would love to beat the piss out of him. Mm-hmm. And I grabbed him. So I ended up grabbing him. It was my, I guess it was the second altercation, which is kind of bullshit. Like we yeah. started at the same time. Like, right, right. So, so damn stupid. Yeah. And so I, I threw a couple on him in on him and then he got a good one in on me. I got a stitch and like he broke my nose and then mm-hmm. I ended up getting him here and I was just going like this to him. Yeah. And then we ended up going down after, but like, and then that was in the third period, 17 minutes left. Yeah. I'm skating off with a bloody nose and a broken nose. And I guess the backup goalie, Jimmy Parada, looks at me and he goes, or after he goes, what a way to go out. <laughs> and he goes, I, he goes, do you know that you were going, you were going like this and licking your lips with the bloody <laughs> nose? I, I guess I was like skating off like this. Nice. Very and nice. I looked at Karch and he was just laughing. Oh my god, that must have made a great picture. I hope someone got it. I don't know. I hope so. Yeah, that would be amazing. So and, and I remember, and it was in Jacksonville, and the fans were yelling. Yeah, and it was the same guy that yells the whole year, and he he's always eating popcorn. He's he's a big boy. Yeah, and I go keep stuffing your chipmunk cheeks, you fat ass. <laughs> and then I go down the tunnel. Oh, it's a storybook ending. It is. It really was. When, when did you know that this was going to be your final year? Probably like a week, week or two left in the season. So after we got eliminated from playoffs, yeah, I kind of was like, you know what? Like this is a really good job opportunity mm-hmm. um, to be able to be the head coach and director of hockey operations at Hillside mm-hmm. and be assistant and assistant director of admissions. Mm-hmm. Like it's pretty pretty good first job. Um, yeah. Title, title and pay so i was like you know what and i'm in mass mm-hmm. i'm gonna be close to my family again um living with my girlfriend so it was uh, it was it was it was it's it was it was uh tough but it was it's it's gonna be good mm-hmm. you think um come or come training camp time that's when it might hit you possibly but mm-hmm. hopefully i don't know because i'll be busy with like recruiting and coaching and stuff but it'll definitely i'll definitely be like keeping close eyes on the guys in orlando and in worcester and like drew callen hopefully he goes back to springfield and those guys but um yeah i mean hey you never know maybe they need a guy for a game listen i i wouldn't mind you playing at bridgeport for a few games it's yeah, only an hour be, and a half i'll be staying in shape I'll, I'll have to let people know yeah hey get get the name out there huh? like, <laughs> Whenever I don't have a game, if I don't have a game, I, I can make it. All right, I'll have to let some people know. Um, so, Only if I get the jersey. Well, then it won't be Bridgeport. Then it won't be Bridgeport. I won't have you in Bridgeport. As long as Lou is here, you're not getting that jersey. No, no. You know. uh, so aside from the new position, uh, do you still teach? Is it pro skill development? Uh, sorry. Uh, so it's uh, what it is. It's uh, called Shark. It's actually right here, Sharks Hockey. Okay. So it's uh, – I do skill development basically four days a week. Okay. And I do, I'll do tournaments, like one tournament a week uh, – a month. Mm-hmm. 
Um, it's for like 2007 born to 2012 born, 2013 born kids okay. in the area. So I've, I started the program and recruited and whatnot. So um, that's kind of what, what happened. And like, that's kind of what I have to do now for Hillside is recruit right. and bring these top kids in. And it's been growing um, little by little. And um, so all in all, it's pretty good. How do you like the new job so far? I haven't started. When you say I mean, you're working during the week, is that the Sharks? Yeah, so, no, no, no. So, like, I went in yesterday to okay. introduce myself and did all that. And I was like, oh, do you want me to start tomorrow? They're like, nah, you can start next week. I'm like, oh. okay. Oh, okay. So, so, so what I've been doing So what I've been doing is uh, a lot of recruiting. Like, okay. I've been calling, emailing, and talking to parents and like, telling them, hey, like, and scheduling visits for next week and, and stuff like that. Because the more visits I can get, yeah. the less I'm at my desk. That's very true. I don't do well at a desk. I was going to say, you don't seem like the type. No. And especially my own office. I need people to talk to. I need to. I hear you. Hey, listen, I'm going to, um, I'm going to say something right now and I'm not blown, blown smoke up your ass, pumping your tires here. Just, uh, you know, you and I have spoken back and forth for a few years, you know, let me get this on video. So, so I can, uh, (laughs) yeah, I'm going to, this is getting recorded. recorded. I'm going (laughs) to post this. No, no, no. And you and I have spoken over the last few years, you know, over, uh, DMS and stuff like that. But I got to tell you just, it was so great to finally meet you this year and just being around the team, that one morning you're you to me are the epitome of what a captain should be because i saw the way that you interacted with everybody and and that day it wasn't just the guys there it was a lot of the team personnel and i saw the way that you interacted with with karks and homer and the guys and the people that work for the team and and to me just from that one morning and the way your personality is um you to me you are what a captain of a hockey team should be just what you bring to a locker room. Um, and unless you were just bluffing that day, which I don't think you were, but uh, I just wanted to say, no, I just wanted to say, man, I, I was, I was so impressed. I was so impressed. Just, you know, I did a lot of watching that day and yes. just seeing the way you interacted with everybody. Uh, I, I was really impressed. And I, I think you, you are what a captain should be. No, I appreciate that. I mean, like, I mean, my, my parent, my mom was always like a server. So like she was in a hard, hard, pretty hard note, not hard nose job, but a blue collar job. Yep. Like my mom and dad always told me, Hey, you treat the manager and the owner the same. You treat them a, a, a bus boy. Yep. So, I mean, that's kind of how I have always gone about it. Um, yeah, no, I, I appreciate that. That means a lot. Like, Ross, I got to thank you. We we originally said two hours. Now we're a little over three. I, I, I'm glad you didn't have to work today. And uh, I really appreciate the time that you gave me. Um, and I think we covered a lot of your career. Obviously, as much as I want to have no one turn stones, there may be some stuff that I didn't uh, I didn't uh, bring up. Is there anything about your career that uh, you'd like to, to bring up that I didn't? I think we hit it all, honestly. <laughs> I, was, I mean, I think I hit it. Yeah, I think we hit it all. If I miss anything, I'll, I'll be sure to let you know. Yeah, just if there's anything that you wanted to bring up or anything you want to plug or, or, or whatever, because I try to do my best with, with yeah. the research here, but obviously there's no way I could ever uncover everything. Yeah. So the only, uh, Hey, the only plug now is, hey, Hillside Hillside School, make make sure you're, you're hockey. Send send this out to your hockey, the young hockey guys. All right, we'll do – well, Long <laughs> Island is uh, – you know, Long Island is a budding uh, hockey uh, – Yeah, it it's is. It's not Massachusetts yet, but uh, but they're they're getting there. We got a we lot have of a, we have board, We have boarding, so it's not bad. 
All right, I'll see what I could do. Maybe we'll have, to get, we'll have to get Mazza on that too. I think he's a little more in touch with the young players here. I uh, watch what you say. Well, not that's true. Very good. I love it. I love that. That watch was excellent. What you say, man? That I'm not even going to edit. I'm not even going to edit that out. I'm going to leave it in there so he has to listen <laughs> to. But uh, but look, this is amazing. Uh, like yeah. I said, it was a real. It was so great to finally meet you in person, and um, I, I just want want to thank you for your time, and uh, hopefully we keep in touch. Yeah, of course. I mean, I appreciate it. I know, uh, I know, I can talk a lot, and so so can you. So that made it that made it three hours. But like, like you you told me, you said it would fly by, and it did. Well, I appreciate uh, that, and yeah. and I appreciate you coming to Orlando and telling your story. Hopefully, uh, hopefully that sticks with some of the guys because that was that was some real shit. Well, I appreciate that. That was totally. Uh, I had originally just texted Clark saying, "Hey, I'm I'm coming down. Can I get to a game?" And then he's it was his idea. So oh, I was, really? yeah. yeah, it was his idea. I mean, he's been, he, he's been so supportive, you know, of me and my story and stuff like that. He's been, he's been, uh, you know, just someone that's been in my corner. And, uh, when he brought it up, but that's something I really want to get into. So I was like, yeah, absolutely. And, and, uh, you know, it was a real honor to, to talk to you guys there. I wish, I wish maybe, uh, I was a little more forceful, maybe get a few more dubs after that, but, uh, I know. you know, but, <laughs> but you no, know, it was a real honor to speak to you guys. I, I'm really glad that I had that opportunity. Yeah, no, appreciate it. Thanks for everything. All right. I'll talk to you later, man. Good luck Sounds with the good. new gig. Sounds good. Talk right. to you. See you later. All right, bye. Right, bye. Thanks once again to Ross Olson for his time. I really love chatting with Ross, and I'm really sorry to see that uh, he's hung up the skates for pro hockey. I completely understand why he would take the position that he did. He's got a future to think about, and uh, the, uh, this is something that he can do long term. But as a hockey fan and someone who appreciates his style and really his personality, like I said, he, he's a complete character, and, and I was able to see him Again, a small sample size, but uh, I just think Ross was a great captain and a great personality, um, the type of guy you want in your locker room. So I think um, I think it's a loss for the sport um, when you lose a guy like Ross Olson. But uh, I wish Ross nothing but success in um, in his new role, and I'm sure he'll thrive in that as well. As far as next week, no guest, no show. Uh, like I said, I may have. Uh, the farewell uh, Nordiques Knuckles episode, but um, I have something lined up for the week after. As long as that comes to fruition, then um, bring you some more fistic goodness. Until then, please, you people out there, stay safe. <laughs>